I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, yeah. Living the dream on a fabulous Sunday. Hartman and Salam with you. True Car, online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Well, Ephraim, as we sit here on this fabulous Sunday. Fabulous. I I want to I want to sort of take you off the hook. I know you want to heap a lot of praise on me and you know <laughs> for my incredible predictions from last Sunday. It's not necessary. I'll uh, I'll pat myself on the back. You do remember one of my final predictions as we made our final picks for the Super Bowl was the fact that I predicted yes that the Again, my final score was 30-24 Philadelphia. That's mm-hmm. what I predicted. That's and that predicted. the Patriots would get the ball and that Chris Long would have a strip sack to essentially end the game. So I right. I'm, so I left here. I'm watching the game at the TV station. I work in L.A. And I'm telling them this prediction I've uh-huh. made as Brady has the ball and the next thing I know there's a strip sack. And I see number 56 Chris Long. I'm I like, know you were. I did the same thing. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> Steve is psychic. But then all of a sudden I see it was Graham. It yeah. wasn't uh, Well, Chris close. was in the area. He was in the area. So maybe that made Brady move up a little bit. So maybe <laughs> maybe he did have a little bit to do with it. If Chris had actually done it, forget it. I would have retired right there. But anyway, <laughs> um, well, I, 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 since we haven't had a chance to speak since the Super Bowl, and there's a lot of things coming out of the Super Bowl, uh, as the game progressed, were, were you surprised? I mean, what what was your thought as this game sort of took root? Uh, and by the way, the most prolific offensive game yardage wise, crazy ever played in the NFL—not just Super Bowl, not playoffs—ever most total yards ever. And by the way, 
Two things with the Patriots. You had Tom Brady, first quarterback ever to throw at least 500 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, and lose. And the Patriots, first team ever to lose an NFL game without punting once. There was only one punt in the game, and that was by the Eagles. So that being said, did that game play out anything like you thought it was going to play out? Uh, it, it did. Um, I thought Philly would put up a little bit more resistance in terms of defensive-wise. Didn't think – uh, New England would put up much of a struggle. Um, you know, defensive, de- defensively, they've struggled the entire year. I mean, they started off the year bad, they ended the year bad. That's that's not a big secret. Um, but I didn't expect Nick Foles to to be that good. Like, he was beyond good. He was great. He was uh, MVP-esque. Yes. Right? And uh, rightfully so, he won the MVP for the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I think it's um, – and just hearing his message, right, you, uh, if you guys listened to interviews with him prior and after the Super Bowl, uh, his message was was very poignant. It was very uh, inspirational because uh, he was sitting up there on, on the panel and they asked him, hey, you know, two years ago you were getting ready to walk away from football. Mm-hmm. And he said, absolutely. I was I, – Jeff I wasn't Fisher happy. will do that to you if yep. you're a quarterback. He said, I wasn't happy. And – Playing this game when you're not happy is extremely difficult, and I was getting ready to move on to other things. And he decided he spoke with his wife, and they stuck with it, and this opportunity came up for him to get back to Philly. He took it, and now he's the Super Bowl MVP. And, I mean, if that's not a message of perseverance, I don't know what is. All right, I want to get into this big time because uh, I was talking about this yesterday with Brady. I heard Mark and Rich talk a little bit about this as well. All right, so you look at the quarterback options right now if you're the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, you've got, obviously, a young quarterback that was already in the MVP conversation in his second year. And you have a backup quarterback that you now know we can win a Super Bowl with this guy. Yes, because it wasn't like he was like a Jeff Hostetler or a Brad Johnson. This guy was a main ingredient in winning that Super Bowl. He wasn't just a guy watching, you know, with the defense dominating. He was a big part of that Super Bowl win. So you really have riches here. So when I look at it, there's there's three options if you're the Eagles moving forward with your quarterback position. And a big part of that, Ephraim, is we still don't know the condition of Carson Wentz. Right. I mean, until we know with the ACL, MCL, how that knee's looking, you know, you've got to sort of wait. But assuming that Carson Wentz is healthy and ready to resume where he left off, here are your options. You have Nick Foles under contract, and you just say, we'll keep two quarterbacks because we never know what's going to happen. It happened last year. It could happen again. But we know right. we have two quarterbacks who can get the job done. Or... If somebody needs a quarterback early in the year and they come banging on your door for Nick Foles, much as, remember, the Vikings did with the Eagles with Sam Bradford. Mm -hmm. They ended up giving a first-round pick for Sam Bradford. You know, Nick Foles, he's got plenty of football left in him, obviously. He might draw a big price. Or forget the price tag you could get on Nick Foles. Imagine the price tag you could get for Carson Wentz. Come on, man. What What are you doing? I've got a quarterback, Nick Foles, I know can win a Super Bowl. He ain't 35 years old. He's 29 years old. He's 29 years old. Carson Wentz. He's been in the league six years. 
right? It'll be his seventh next year. Right, right, right. and right. not a lot of mileage on that body, no, right? It's, it's not because he struggled at other teams. Right, right, so right. Now you have another quarterback. But he knows okay, that he works down. for the Eagles. I got you. Bye, bye, slow Carson down. Wentz. Here's slow. what Cleveland's going to say: slow We'll on. give you the number one overall pick. Keep going. All right, we'll give you the first and the fourth overall picks. We'll give our top two picks in the draft for Carson Wentz. Keep now, going. Why would you do that? Why would you mortgage your future? Right? Why would you mortgage your future? On a guy who had a sensational five games. <laughs> you know if Carson Wentz is on the market but right now. Give, but you're giving away a guy you know can play through the long haul, though. I also right? know I got you're a going quarterback that can win a Super Bowl. I get it. Do you believe Carson Wentz could have won that Super Bowl with that Eagles team? Maybe he could Maybe, have. Maybe. Just, but I do know Nick Foles who's can. Who's a better quarterback? Right like, now, like, Nick let, Foles. Let's t- <laughs> Let's take away all I'm of I'm telling you right now, Nick Foles is my yeah, opening game Because the game other starter. one is in a walking uh, right. boot or, or cast yes. or whatever. Why would I give up on Nick Foles? I'm not saying you give up on Nick Foles. You realize you're you're they, saying give up on Carson Wentz, which if, is ridiculous. If, well, I'm giving, I'm, not, I'm not giving him away, but if somebody gives no, me you're giving an up insane on him. offer, but oh, you're, yeah. You're sitting here saying, Bye-bye. I'm giving up on him. For the right price, absolutely. That's, that's impossible. You know why? <laughs> why? Because the right price will be out there for Nick Foles as well, right? Nick Foles is a seven-year NFL vet. Right. Carson Wentz is a two-year. Would it be a three-year NFL right. vet? Right, yes. Whose upside is higher? Obviously, Carson Wentz. Okay, so why would you mortgage, like I said, why would you mortgage your future? No, you are insuring your future with the riches no. that you could be yeah, gifted in getting Carson Wentz on the block. Look, Nick Foles, I, I made the statement, on our show, if Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl, he right. won't be on the Eagles next year, right? That's well, they're what, not going to give. They're, but they're, I also I we said also that. said we're, they're not going to give him away until they know the condition of Carson. Wentz. Right, I, I understand that. All right, but it only takes that one team that you is look at Nick to be Foles. In the playoffs. I'm you looking look at, at Nick, Nick Foles, Foles. Right, he signed a last year. He signed a two year, eleven million dollar deal. Right, he's under contract he for made this year. Seven million last year, this right. past year. Right, right. He's won actually going to make a little bit more this year. Because I think there was some something that kicked him, but but and again, you got Carson Wentz on a rookie contract. No, he's due to make four million dollars. Uh, no, he made four million last year. He's due to make seven this year. That is correct, right? So, and you got Wentz under a rookie contract, so you're paying a lot less a quarterback than most teams are. Yeah, it, way it's less. It's very advantageous to keep both of them because you I can afford that. both of them. Yes, but if I'm Nick Foles, like I stated last week, this you won't ever be this hot. Right, you won't ever be this valuable again in your entire career. We just saw what value right. gets you. Right. All right. We just witnessed that. Yes. We'll talk about that a little later. <laughs> we just witnessed what value. I like to pat myself on the back for that as well. Mm-hmm. But we'll we 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 know what value as a quarterback right now will get you. You mean to tell me, as Nick Foles, you'll be okay with coming to work, making your seven million dollars, sitting on the bench? When you can possibly be making twenty two, twenty three, twenty four million dollars I mean, a year, he, he could demand a trade, but that doesn't mean they're going to trade him. I understand that. You're well, waiting to have a situation like the Vikings had, where they think we got a super, we have a playoff contender, we just lost our starting quarterback, and we're going to overpay. I mean, that easily could happen every year. It think happens. About this. You have a team think about four this. or five games lose their quarterback. You don't think Jacksonville sees value in Nick Foles right now? Right now. How about Denver? How about Denver? How about New York? Mm-hmm. 
Both New Yorks. Both both of them. Yeah. There are teams out there that would pay the ultimate price to get a talent, a, re, a rebirth of a talent like Nick Foles. How much do you think you get for, get for Nick Foles with multiple teams competing? What are you uh, going to get? You'll get a uh, first and maybe a first and a third. First and third? All first right, and sure. Yeah. You'll get a first and a third. How much of you were shopping Carson Wentz would you get? Um, I don't think a team could come up with enough. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah, so why would you even approach that? Like, well, you, I don't know. It depends. I need two first. I'm, let me ask you this. When you've won a Super Bowl like yes. the Eagles just have, don't you buy yourself a little bit of time right now? You do have time now. You it's have not time. like the pressure. The fans have celebrated and everything else. But that's why I said the urgency to keep a Nick Foles won't be there because they now they get to buy themselves some time. But is the It'll urgency be, there to keep Carson Wentz? Yes. That's the time you bought yourself. If Carson comes back, has an okay year, right? Right, continues to do what he's been doing. Mm-hmm. We have two years of sample size that are good enough for me, right? Tremendous talent, handles the pressure, can go into any stadium and win. Team leader, very intelligent, right? You know you have that. So looking at that, Nick Foles is someone who jumped in there and did a, 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 tre- a tremendous job. I mean, it was awesome. He had some games where, eh. You know, yeah, but he's a leader, right? You have time now. Carson Wentz comes back. You bring him back. You let him. You know, ACLs and MCLs—they're—they're they're not what they were five no, years ago. But he is a guy that is a little reckless in his. He style. is reckless, but guess what? Guess what slows you down when you're reckless, <laughs> right? A season-ending injury. Right, that 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 plays in your mind. But does that mean he's not as effective no, a quarterback? No, it's not. If he's thinking about it's not his... because he's more effective in the pocket. We've seen that. Right now, he has the ability to scramble, but that doesn't mean he's less in any less, you know, dependable. If he's not scrambling, we've seen him have three, four hundred yard games from the pocket. That, that the the fact that he can run for a first down is an extra bonus. He can do all of the other things. That extra bonus isn't enough to, for you to shy away from him like, whoa, whoa, he's reckless. I mean, he'll just run out there and do anything. He's not Michael Vick out there, right? So you, you got to take that off the table. You can't count that against him. He's just trying to do what it takes to get those extra yards. Now in his mind, he says, okay, I'll get down here. I won't dive. I'll get down. You just become more aware of your surroundings, your body, injury, which is nothing wrong with that. So the hot button for – it, Philly is how much can you get for Nick Foles? Because you're going to need some pieces. What happens to every Super Bowl team? Guys want to get paid. Right. Right. Teams, and the, and the luxury is that you guys. do not have a lot of money tied up in the quarterback position. Right. And you're sitting there as Super That's Bowl good. champions. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. So now the Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Obviously, 31 other teams are trying to figure out how can we be the next crown Super Bowl champion and you make moves that you hope are going to work. Well, today a team made a move that will fail. We'll explain who and how coming up next. We're shuffling uh, what we're watching here in studio right now. I, I got to get my Slim pickings. I got to get my Olympic fix, man. I know that. I know you're all over these winter games. By the way, what does it mean when Geico says? Just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Hartman, salam with you. On this Sunday after Super Bowl 52, today, as expected, 
The Indianapolis Colts, after being jilted by Josh McDaniels, we'll have more on that later, have hired Eagles offensive coordinator Frank Reich, giving him a five-year deal to be the Colts' next coach. It's quite a, a turnaround for Frank Reich, who exactly two years ago was fired by the then San Diego Chargers after two disastrous seasons uh, as their offensive coordinator. I remember when the Eagles hired him, it's like, did you see his play calling? Now all of a sudden, Frank Reich's on top of the world, and he has made his riches. Let me tell you why you have to sit here and evaluate what role Frank Reich actually played in the success of the Philadelphia Eagles. I think anyone that watched that game will understand the reason that the Eagles are sitting there as Super Bowl champions is that they had a coaching staff that realized that Nick Foles is not Carson Wentz. So as Nick Foles got into the lineup, he was showing some flashes but no consistency, whether it was Doug Peterson, Frank Reich, whoever it was in that mind trust of offensive minds with the Eagles, you know, said, you know, when Nick Foles was here in 2013, he had 27 touchdowns and two picks. And you know what kind of offense they ran? That was that Chip Kelly RPO, a little higher speed. But if we take that same offense and just slow it down a little bit, let's see what Nick Foles can do. So they did an RPO offense, and you saw the results. This is an offense that even with Belichick, who is known as the best defensive mind to defend against the RPO, still could not slow him down. So you have an offense already tailor-made for Nick Foles. It's not the same offense they were running for Carson Wentz, which gets back why I would keep Nick Foles over Carson Wentz. But that aside, what role did Frank Reich make? And you know this as well as I do with the many teams you played on. There is a difference in being a successful coordinator as opposed to being a successful head coach. Difficult to do. All right. So when you look at coaches that were successful, you Mm -hmm. played for a legend like Dan Reeves. Yes. Why was a guy like Dan Reeves effective as a head coach when maybe some of the other head coaches you played under were not? What what do you see as the difference in being a successful head coach? You got to be able to delegate, right? Number one, you got to have the right type of staff, guys you trust. Right, because you don't want to micromanage. If you start micromanaging, then you focus. You lose focus. It's too much going on in an organization for you to, to really, truly have to worry about both sides of the ball. To me, a successful head coach, Dan Reeves was tremendous. Right, he believed in his defensive, uh, uh, defensive coordinator and his offensive coordinator. It was no. Don't do that, or no, I'm going to make some calls on the sideline. Right? Dan was a, you know, a player's coach. Go talk to him about anything. But the thing he really did was he empowered the veterans on the team. Right? The Bob Whitfields, the Terrence Mathises, the Cornelius Bennett's. Those, these guys have been in the league for years. He empowered them to, to not only, you know, keep the locker room together, but also – out on the practice field, you know, th- those were the guys that led by example, right? And we had a we had a good atmosphere in the locker room. Now, some coordinators get head coaching jobs and they can't make the transition because they're always leaning to one side of the ball. Right. Right? You want to pay more attention to the defense because that's what you know. That's your wheelhouse. I get it. 
or you want to pay more attention to the offense because you come from a quarterback background. Are or you- like many coaches that, let's say, especially those who are offensive coordinators, they become a head coach and just decide, I will just call the place. Yes. I know I'll have an offensive coordinator. But I want to call him really anyway. the offensive yeah. coordinator. And, and, and therein lies the problem, mm. all right, because very few coaches can do both well, right, or do one side without the other side. So the importance of an off- or offensive or defensive coordinator getting the head coaching job is – who do you bring with you, and who are you empowering? How about Frank Reich inheriting coaches that were already hired now by that's the Colts? The di- that's the difficult part. Yes. Right? So right. Now, now we have a disconnect already. Right. Now, whether he gets along with them, whether he's worked with them before. He ain't choosing them. They were actually chosen by Josh McDaniels. And that's the problem. That's the problem where you're now you're in a situation where you may not see the eye-to-eye with your offensive coordinator. Right? That's your background. Oh, I don't want to run that. I want to run this. Well, I'm not comfortable with running this. This scheme for me has worked. Okay, well, now we have discord right there. Defensive side of the ball, I think we should run 4-3. Well, we don't have 4-3 personnel. I'm a 3-4. When you put a, a head coach in position to coach other coaches, right, have yeah. uh, people he's not familiar with or people he doesn't trust, it's no, that's 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 lose lose. Have you ever played for a head coach that almost upon the first time you met the guy, you knew he was in trouble as a head coach? Um, I yes, yeah. Um, I and, played, and what I, were the warning signs? Uh, he wasn't very realistic. <laughs> that's an interesting thing. Yes, right. So yeah. I remember the first time I I came and met with him, and he. <laughs> You know, he was as most most coordinators when they get the head coaching job, they're like, "It's I'm gonna be the one that writes the ship." Right, right. It's gonna be me. I'm going. No matter how difficult this is, I'm gonna write the ship. And this guy was a first time head coach. Yes, he was yeah. a first time head coach, long time defensive coordinator. Right. And he was like, "Hey, I'm here. Just first year, just like you. I just went and bought a multi million dollar home. I'm not going nowhere." And I was like, "Ooh." <laughs> this was my twelfth year. In the, this was my twelfth year in the league. So I was. You've been around the block. Yeah, I, it was time for me to go do something else. Right. Anyway, yeah. But just hearing him talk, and I mm-hmm. was just like, mm. "Oh man, that's." Uh, <laughs> I get it. Did you get I, in the uh, coaches are hired to be fired? Line? No, I just was like, "Good luck, coach. I'll, whatever yeah. you need from me to yeah. to help that come true, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. You know, just uh, just know." And I, per my contract, I only practice once a once you a think day. He's still living in that same house. No, but he definitely <laughs> hasn't sold it. He definitely not for what he paid for it. <laughs> and I don't want to put his business out there in the street right, okay. and who it is. Yeah, I'll tell you off air. Yeah, but he's no longer the head coach at that organization. Okay, well, I can let's just see. tell you that. Well, I again, here's what I did with Frank Reich, and I I actually had a lot of one on one with Frank when he was the offensive coordinator with the Chargers, and and Frank is one of those guys when you sit down, he's impressive, you know, and he has an amazing background. Remember, he was the backup quarterback for years for Buffalo, right? Engineered that unbelievable comeback when Jim Kelly went down against the Houston Oilers. Mm-hmm. He's been sort of in the right place at the right time, but. When I've talked to some of the players from that era who played under Reich, they all were unanimous, not a head coach. I go, well, how do you know that? They go, believe me, we know the difference between a head coach and a guy that is a subservient offensive coordinator. Look, when we go back over this Super Bowl that just was played out, the one guy you have to circle and circle and circle is Doug Peterson. Yes. 
Without a doubt. Doug Peterson is the reason that the Eagles won that Super Bowl because he established a mindset on that team that they bought into. He never wavered. We're going to play balls out. I don't care what the circumstances are. I don't care how big the game is. We are going to take no prisoners. Yeah. And he did it against the greatest coach in NFL history, and he won a Super Bowl. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. We have much more on this, but let's uh, let bring on uh, David Gascon, who's, uh, well, he's watching a multitude of games right now, like the rest of us. Look at this Cleveland-Boston game here. <laughs> is this a real score? Yeah, it is a real score, but it feels like an NBA game that goes one way, and then all of a sudden, the late in the fourth quarter, the home team will make a run. So, we'll get to it. Cavaliers and Celtics. LeBron at the left point, waits for a hill screen, dribbles straight away, launches a three. He! it as LeBron James has given the Cavaliers a 10-point lead. Yeah, Cavaliers Radio Network. LeBron so far 9 of 20 from the field. 24 points, 10 assists. J.R. Smith's got 15. The newly acquired Jordan Clarkson has 17. Cavaliers 104. Celtics 77. Just under 9 minutes to play in the fourth quarter. Atlanta leading right now over Detroit 82-80. to 80. Looking at some other scores right now. No Chris Tapps, Porzingis for the New York Knicks, but they lead in Indiana 25-21. to 21. Later on today, you'll get the Grizzlies and the Thunder, Mavericks and the Rockets. We had one final. Raptors beat the Hornets 123-103. to 103. DeMar DeRozan had 25 points. C.J. Miles also had 24. He was 6-9 of nine from downtown. 23rd Michigan beat Wisconsin 83-72. And Cincinnati, 6th-ranked team in the nation, looking like it. 63-29 over SMU, 10 minutes to play in the second half. And the one note that you guys have talked about since the top of the show, it'll be official, and it is official. Colts have announced that Frank Wright is their new head coach. Five-year deal in place for him. Well, thank you, David, and that's uh, that's not going to work out. No fault of anybody <laughs> other than Josh McDaniels, but we're going to get to that in a second Goodness here. Gracious. Hey, we're brought to you by Granger, products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, let's talk about Josh McDaniels and what happened. You know, I was sitting there Monday morning, Ephraim, and immediately we see the story that Matt Patricia has accepted the Lions job, and I kept waiting. I go, where's the announcement on McDaniels? So I'm waiting that whole Monday, and on my show, I'm like, something tells me that uh, the (laughs) conversation's going on with New England. But then I wake up Tuesday morning, and then it says McDaniels has accepted the Cole's job. So I'm like, oh, well, I guess, you know, he's he's there. And then during my show in the afternoon, they dropped the bomb. He's backed out of the job. All right, let's forget about what actually happened in Indianapolis. Let's just, let's just assume he was never comfortable for whatever reason. Maybe he wasn't 100% comfortable with the Earth State family. Maybe he wasn't comfortable with the physical condition of Andrew Luck. There's a multitude of, of possibilities why he passed on the Colts. But if we believe the fact that he was never really given any kind of option to stay with New England other than just keeping the job as was, if they sweeten the pot somewhat. Now, Rich Ornberger, who was just here with Willard, a former Patriot, has insisted since this whole move came down that Belichick will not be the head coach of the Patriots in 2018. That right now they're just trying to figure out some kind of exit strategy because you can't fire him, obviously. It has to be something that Belichick is willing to do to walk away so that you hand the job to McDaniels, who obviously someone is Brady can trust, and they move on. Or, and this is where I'm going to ask you right now, Ephraim, 
if Brady were to pull off what he thinks he can pull off mm-hmm. and play to the age of 45, well, let's say he even plays three more years. Do you believe that three years from now, Brady is still playing at a Brady level three years from now, do you believe Belichick will still be the head no. coach of the Patriots? No, I don't think he'll be there next year. Really? So you agree the, with this oh, idea? Listen, listen. listen. Okay. Just look at the pieces. All right? I had a long discussion a couple weeks ago about things that are going on in New England. Yes, had you, you did. Had you thinking, scratching your head. I, like I, I can't get it out of my head. So now we added another piece, maybe the most important piece, right? Before that piece we're talking about was Josh McDaniels is leaving. He's been groomed to go away, be another head coaching job. Right. So Belichick is left there with the aging quarterback and both of his coordinators, his top two confidants, gone. Oh, wait. Do you think Bill Belichick had anything to do with Josh McDaniel staying? All right. Wait, you think he, uh, do, let's do, go listen, back. Wait, wait. What listen. happened? What ha- Tell me how you think it all went down. I think on the plane ride home, okay. Josh was sitting there thinking, hmm, okay. Then he gets a boom. Stewardess comes over. Hey, Josh. Uh, Mr. Kraft would like to talk to you. Mm. You go up. There's an open seat up there for you. Hey, sit down. Let's talk. And that conversation went like this. Look, how sure are you that you want to go be the coach's head coach? Well, what do you mean? I mean, I, I want to be a head coach again. Okay, I get it. But how sure do you want? How sure are you that you want to do that in Indianapolis? Well, it's the only thing I have available right now. What if I told you that I foresee you being the head coach of the New England Patriots? Well, what do you mean? We have one. Hypothetically. Now, I'm Kraft right. talking to McDaniels. Yes. Hypothetically, what would you say if I said sooner than later that you can be the head coach of the New England Patriots? Would that change your mind? Into, oh, well, absolutely. My family's here. I love it here. Absolutely. I've had ultimate yeah. success yeah. here. Yeah. Why, why not? Okay. What if I gave you a salary increase? Bunch you up a couple million. Keep you comfortable. Make this decision a little bit easier. Okay, well, well, well let's just talk about this, Mr. Kraft. Uh, am I going to be the head coach this year? Well, let's say yes. Well, what about Bill? He's sitting a couple rows back. What about, should, I, should we get him? No, no, no. Let's not get him yet. All right? Do you think Tom Brady can play three, four more years? Well, absolutely. I love Tom. Tom is, Tom's my guy. Okay, well, that's what we need. Tom wants to stay. We want you to stay. You and Tom have a tremendous relationship. Am I right? Absolutely. So I'll ask you again. Would you be comfortable staying here knowing that you'll be the head coach sooner than later of the New England Patriots? Yes. All right, you can go back to your seat now. All right, now, now, I love everything you're saying, but let's say that was on the flight back. Yep. There was still another 24-hour period Mm -hmm. where on Tuesday morning, the Indianapolis Colts have Mm -hmm. made an announcement that they have agreed to sign on Josh McDaniels as their new head coach. If that conversation had gone down the way you said on the trip back to Boston, then why is 24 hours later it being announced that Josh McDaniels is the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Had they had no contact with him? No contact. They were going off the assumption 
of a, then previous, why didn't they do a, it a previous deal. Why didn't they do it Monday then? Maybe Gay couldn't get in contact with him. You know why? Because you got to go home. First of all, you're coming off that Super Bowl loss. Right. You got to go home. And this is a conversation you have to have with your better half because they're packing up ready to go. All right. All right. Let me let me flash forward then. Tuesday night, yes. after McDaniels announced that he was not going anywhere, mm-hmm. Bob Kraft and Belichick had dinner. Yes. How did that conversation go? Hey, Bob. I'm uh, being Mr. Kraft again. Yes. Hey, um, <sighs> tough loss. You know. Brady played well, though. Brady played well. Um, are you happy here, Bill? Uh, I mean, I would be happier if we had Jimmy Garoppolo still. All right, well, we don't. And we won't have him again ever. Right. So let's talk about this. Well, what do you What do you foresee your future being here at, at New England? Well, I'm, you know, I'm under contract. Okay, let's take the contract out. What if you were not under contract? Would you be comfortable going somewhere else? Honestly, yes, I would. I think I can be successful somewhere else. Huh, that's interesting. Um, what are your thoughts on McDaniel staying? Um, if that's something you want to do, I was ready for him to go. I think he deserved to be a head coach. Well, it's funny you say that. <laughs> I think he deserves to be a head coach, too. Mm. Now, I'm toying with the idea. I know you're under contract, but if you feel that you desire to go and be a head coach somewhere else, I think there's a scenario that works out for all parties involved. How about trading Belichick? What kind That's of price what I'm tag? talking about. What kind of price tag you know do you what think you can get for Belichick? Hey, look here, man. They handing out $100 million deals to John Gruden. <laughs> Who hasn't coached in a decade? I kept telling you. How much do you think Bill Belichick would be worth on the open market? Do you think Jerry Jones could stay out of the no. gray? Would you give up some first-round draft picks? For Bill Belichick? Yes. Of course I would. You'd give pretty much anything, right? Give me a team. <laughs> I mean. How about the Denver Broncos? Uh, Are you happy with on. Vance Joseph, or do you think Belichick could make a difference? Vance, you got to go. All right. So if you're John Green Elway. Bay. Green Bay. Mike McCarthy? Got to go. Got to go. Wow. So that makes a lot of sense. Now, if you're Bob Kraft, you hang on to Belichick. And again, this we haven't heard anything. Josh McDaniels apparently spoke to, I don't know, some somebody and, and indicated, oh, I, I wasn't told anything about any kind of uh, coach in the future. On, the, yeah, really. Um, but we haven't heard anything from anybody. But what if, indeed, Kraft is just floating it out there that, Belichick is open to the idea of coaching elsewhere, but he's under contract to me. We're offering you the most successful coach ever. ever. And he still wants to coach. Wow. Can you imagine the price? Remember this, when the Raiders traded Gruden Mm -hmm. to Tampa, they got like two ones, uh, two, and he hadn't won anything. Just imagine. You want to talk about cashing in on ultimate value for New England? This is something that they would do. Wow. That's a phenomenal deal. This is something that they would do. That's phenomenal. In order for this to work, Bill Belichick has to go to a place he wants to go to. Oh, he has the final say? Absolutely. He has the final say. Yeah, he has a no-trade clause. All right? Right. So let's speculate right now. What are some teams out there that he would jump on? Denver. Denver? Where else? 
Would he go to well, he's he doesn't want to go with Tom Claflin in Jacksonville, right? I don't think that'll be a good combination. Tennessee, well, they just hired a new coach. Yep. Who else is out there? Well, you mentioned Green Bay. I'm, I'm with mm-hmm. you. I mean, McCarthy was exposed this year. Remember how we were just talking about the Eagles deciding, hey, we can't run the same offense with Nick Foles that we did with Carson Wentz? They forced Brett Hundley to run <laughs> the Aaron Rodgers offense, right. and they couldn't figure out a way no. to change it, and the results were predictable. Um, right. I'm not a McCarthy guy at all. That, all right. that Green Bay mm. hire, yeah. it, it looks really good, right? Because now he gets to go with – Right. Aaron Rod- what do you think Aaron Rodgers would be saying? Mm. Right? So yes. now, look at look at the big picture now. Wow. So n- now you 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 take Bill Belichick and mm. you take him from an all-time great yep to a current great elite quarterback. Man, now we talking. Now that's something I think Bill Belichick will sign up for. Wow. All right, we're just we're just getting started with this. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studio. It's sort of putting a bow on the NFL season. The one other thing I need to get in with you, Ephraim, is how the future of the game was completely changed by certain calls in the Super Bowl. How? You'll find out coming up next. Hartman and Salam coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Again, I go back to last Sunday as Ephraim, you and I were doing the countdown show to kick off of Super Bowl 52, and we were talking about Commissioner Roger Goodell making a lot of noise, more than usual. You know, he always had the obligatory commissioner's press conference, but he had a lot of nothing to say. But he was making a lot of noise last week about one particular subject, and that is we need to change the catch rule. His actual quote was, fans want catches. So we're watching the Super Bowl. Clement, Clement, whatever you want to call him, catches a touchdown pass. But upon review, even though he got two feet down, suddenly he loses control of the ball. Regrips, continues his path through the end zone, gets one foot in, second foot out. And I'm watching going, oh, man, because you know I'm rooting for the Eagles. Ah, they're going to reverse that. Seen it before. That's that's not a catch. <laughs> and all of a sudden, boom. Nope. Play stands. Touchdown. I'm like, what? And then we get Zach Ertz. Yes. So Zach Ertz, he catches the ball, takes a couple of steps, reaches out, ball hits the ground, right. bounces up, rolls over, he catches it. I'm like, oh, that's not. We've seen that before, too. That's, that's not a catch. Unfortunately, there goes another touchdown. No! They upheld that one as well. Two for two for the Eagles. On plays that you and I know over the last five years, we have seen time and again, they have reversed that every single time. What happened? Do you believe the commissioner may be standing in that replay booth as they're looking over like, uh, so do you want to change that catch rule today? Yes. Catch, catch, boom. On the first one, on the uh, Clement, yeah. uh, Touchdown, I thought for sure they were going to overturn it. Yes. He bobbled it. Mm-hmm. He did catch the ball. Right. He bobbled it. Regripped. Regripped the ball, had possession, but that toe of his left foot hit the line. Yeah. After he clearly hit the line. Right. I get it. I thought for sure. I was like, oh, here it comes. The, mm-hmm. New, the New England mm-hmm. with the Patriot way. 
They're going to reverse it. Right. I know, you know. Chris Collinsworth was certainly expecting it. I just, I just knew they were. Right. This was what happens when you play, especially when you're playing against New England. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. So I was like, whoa. Mm. All right. Second one, Zach Ertz, touchdown. The reason being, he was a runner. So take away that play completely. You, Although we saw the Des Bryant, on, I thought the Des Bryant catch was the no, same no, way. no, 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 no. It wasn't. He was falling to the ground. Des Bryant was falling to the ground while catching the ball. Now he was diving, right? So instead of falling to the ground short of the end zone, he prolonged his fall and tried to dive. Right? He did not clearly catch the ball with two feet in running. Am I? Am I? I'm going to look at that play. One you can more look time. at. It. I, I've, I've looked at it. But trust me, he was diving for he to caught me, the he pass. He was a runner when he fumbled that Absol- ball. Absolutely not. Um, but Zach Ertz caught the b- ball in the field of play, ran right. So if we had Steve, you, mm-hmm. Steve Hartman out there on the field playing catch with no other people on the field, I threw you the ball. You ran three steps and dove for the end zone. Right. You would be a runner. And I reach out and the ball hits the ground, pops you, you're up. You're already a runner. The fact that no other defender was around you and caused you to fall before you took three steps or two steps, that makes you a runner. Just like on a fumble, if the player catches the ball and makes a football move. Was Zach, well, let me get, let's go back to the Jesse James play there. Right. Remember, he catches the ball. There's no one around him. He hasn't been touched. Right. Then he reaches across. Personally, I thought that was a catch and a touchdown. Right, but it wasn't, was it? Right. I, so, so in so my in my mind, play, I get it. I understand. Right. Okay. Now they got it right this time. You cannot take that away because now, or did they change it, the rule? No, I, well, I don't know. I, I mean, I thought the rule, uh, you know, was put in place, and that Jesse James uh, touchdown was within the rules. Uh, maybe they interpreted it wrong, but. To so me, when Collinsworth is screaming on the air, I don't even know what a catch is anymore. Well, because now we had in one game, in the biggest game on the planet, when mm-hmm. everybody was watching, we had two ends of the spectrum. And they both went in the Eagles' favor. Right, which we've never seen that before against New England. So uh, I, I just think they're going to clear that up this offseason. I didn't agree with the first one. Second one, Zach Ertz, definitely a touchdown. He was a runner. You cross the goal line. All you have to do is break the plane if you're a runner with the ball. That's it. It doesn't matter what happens after you break the plane. Goodell walked in and said, could this go against New England? You call that a catch? That's a catch. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Is LeBron James going to be a Laker someday? Rolling on on this first Sunday following the conclusion of the 2017 NFL season. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Well, it is that Sunday after the end of the NFL season, which means we got a lot of NBA news. And what a week it was in the NBA this week. Blockbuster deals. A complete remake of the Cleveland Cavaliers They just showed full display in Boston. And by the way, you talk about maybe the most awkward moment ceremony ever about to happen right now. The Boston Celtics just got blown out at home by the new look Cleveland Cavaliers. But to make matters worse, tonight is the night they're honoring Paul Pierce 
And instead of having the ceremony pre or halftime, post game. So after the Celtics get blown out at home, now they're going to have the ceremony honoring Paul Pierce. How many of those Celtic fans are still there, or how many walked out after uh, having the, the drubbing? The drubbing that just happened. Always do, always do ceremonies before or halftime of games. <laughs> always. Post game going on as we speak. Don't do that. Mm. All right, before we get to the Lakers, the Cleveland Cavaliers added four players. George Hill, Rodney Hood, Larry Nance Jr., Jordan Clarkson. By the way, Clarkson was lights out today, the former Laker with Cleveland. He was smiling ear to ear. You know who was also smiling? LeBron James. He was pretty excited about what he saw out there today. Look, watching him on the sidelines, LeBron James actually only played 28 minutes. uh, Wow. Uh, this is a guy that when, leads when, the league in minutes. Played. When's the last time that happened? But mm-hmm. what I'm noticing after the trade is, and LeBron came out and said today he got some good pieces, and people took offense to that because they're players, not sure. pieces. Right. But no, they are pieces, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Players are Le- LeBron James. LeBron James is a player, right? Uh, Russell Westbrook is a player, right? These all-star caliber right. players. Pieces are guys who can come in and help your team. Right, so what? What he did was they got rid of a whole bunch of guys, disgruntled guys, guys who didn't fit in anymore, and they brought in some fresh young guys. Jordan Clarkson, that we know from the Lakers, can give you buckets. Right, he can come in. He's instant offense. He plays pretty good defense. So what that allows LeBron James to do is actually sit down on the bench. Right, you bring Rodney Hood over. Tremendous young talent from Utah. And then Larry Nance Jr., we know what he does. He's exciting. He'll rebound. He'll play defense. You throw him the lob. He'll, he'll bring the rim down. So, now, George Hill. George Hill. And right? By the way, all these guys coming from teams going nowhere. 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 So Now they're playing with the greatest player on the planet. And they know they're going to be in the playoffs. right? Exactly. So, the two different mindsets is the guys joining the team, look, I want to go out here and play my butt off. Right, I want to. It's like the cutest girl in the school, right? Mm-hmm, LeBron yeah. James being the cutest. I, you know, yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yes. So you want to go out and you want to impress LeBron because LeBron is, you know, inevitably he's the GM. Okay, so you go out there, and that was evident because Jordan Clarkson did a couple threes. LeBron James was on the bench celebrating. When's the last time you saw him celebrate? He came all the way onto the court. When the ball was still live, you to seem, celebrate. You, you make it sound like Jordan Clarkson scoring and seeing LeBron James getting excited about you scoring is like, well, I don't know, like the greatest moment of Jordan Clarkson's career? Absolutely. That's one he can, <laughs> yes. he can hang that on his mantle. Oh, yeah. by the way, in Boston. In Boston. Full house. Right? So you got these young guys come in. They're energetic. They're athletic. You know, they turned up their defensive pressure. They're hitting open threes. They're taking it to the basket. And you got LeBron James, while a lot of this was going on, sitting on the bench enjoying the show. Now he doesn't have to play 40-plus minutes a night. He can rest coming up after the All-Star break and making the final push to regain the lead in the Eastern Conference. So are you ready to say that based on what we saw in this game, that Cleveland, once again, will reign supreme in the Eastern Conference and make their way to the NBA Finals. With these changes, they have a better opportunity to do that. I still think it'll be difficult uh, for them because of the depth of Boston. When Boston gets back healthy and and they have all their pieces, they'll be a different team. 
And also, let's not count out Toronto. Nah. Toronto's who's having a, a tremendous season, right? So it'll be – it got easier for them because before this trade, no shot. No shot they were coming out of the East. And LeBron understood that. That's why he <laughs> was going through – he was aging right in front of our eyes. He was aging because he was having to do too much. Now you got guys who you can – some pieces that you can plug in. Now they can do the dirty work. They can do the heavy lifting. And if the game is down close, LeBron James will have the energy to pull them out. All right, let's say that this game is a precursor of things to come. And let's say the chemistry is magical with this current group. Mm -hmm. Younger group. This is not, you know, Dwayne Wade, Derrick Rose, guys. This is a young nucleus of young talent. Hungry I'm sure LeBron's looking for some hunger on this team around him. Now we turn our attention to the Lakers. So in improving their roster, the Cavaliers opened up an avenue for the Lakers to sign both LeBron James and Paul George to max deals. They can now do it. They can give a max deal to LeBron James, a max deal to Paul George. Paul George. Or someone else. Or... Let me give you another scenario. Okay. Because, you know, Magic Johnson came out and he said, you know, we're going to get two two big-time guys. What's a better scenario? What I just talked about. Max deals for Paul George and LeBron James or waiting a year. Who see? I mean, the Isaiah Thomas factor is something we also have to get into. Um, and then decide, you know, we'll wait a year. And then offer max deals to Kawhi Leonard and Klay Thompson. Because mm. they would be in a position to do that two years from now. Right. You could give max deals to Kawhi Leonard and Klay Thompson. <laughs> oh, Steve, you son of a so-and-so. I'm telling you, I'm asking you right now. Obviously, those guys are younger. Yes. So, again, think of your current nucleus of Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. You bring in LeBron and Paul George, or wait a year and bring in Kawhi Leonard and Klay Thompson. The latter fits the type of style and the chemistry that they have already. Bringing in Kawhi Leonard and Klay Thompson. Yes. And then you just get a serviceable big man. That makes more sense to me. You wait another year, right? You wait another year. And giving your other guys another year to sort of... By the way, you could also re-sign Julius Randle under a reasonable deal and still have enough room to get Kawhi Leonard. Because right now, in order to get LeBron James and George, you have to cut loose Randle. Right. But you could actually restructure and I his like deal. Randall. I really like Randle. You could restructure a, a, a workable deal with him mm-hmm. and still get Kawhi Leonard and Klay Thompson. Man, that would be beautiful. Mm-hmm. But do you now you're up? looking at because you're thinking first of all you got Clay Thompson away from Golden State that makes them worse right and you're giving your window of opportunity probably a two or three year extension than you would have with uh, Paul George and LeBron James right and but do you pass up on Le- on LeBron James if <laughs> he wants to come to your team well. That's the point. Do also, you- the idea is if you do pass on LeBron and Paul George, there's no guarantee. That you're going to get Kawhi Leonard right. and Clay Thompson. Bird in the hand, baby. Bird in the hand. You got to take the bird in the hand wow. instead of two hanging out in the bush somewhere. All right. I had Michael Thompson on my show Thursday, mm-hmm. my dear friend. Did Michael. you ask him this? I did. Well, because of the Clay situation, right? right? But I, here's what I asked him I said, you know, Michael, 
from the time that LeBron engineered his deal to Miami and then engineered his deal back to Cleveland, he's been running the show. Right. He's he's now had eight years where he's been running the show. Are you comfortable with the idea that when he comes to L.A. that he's good running the show? And Michael said he's not going to run the show. He'll defer to Magic. He'll defer to Magic Johnson. Is Magic playing? I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know that he respects right. Magic Johnson. I have no question about that. But if things are going awry, this player's not getting a job done or this coach isn't to his liking, you don't think that LeBron James is going to say, now? Of course he is. Because he's been doing that for eight years. Why would he stop? Michael's like, oh, no, no. He will let Magic Johnson run the show. Do you believe that? Um, but if you sign on LeBron James, are you preparing yourself that you are essentially handing control of your franchise to LeBron? I wouldn't necessarily say that because you got to remember, he didn't run the show in Miami. Guess who ran the show? Pat Riley. Thank you. Same. It's it's the same. Of course, Pat Riley thought he was running the show until LeBron left. <laughs> That's when he right. found out he wasn't running right. the show. Right. right. So I think it would be the same type of situation where – you know, LeBron has ultimate respect for Magic and his decision-making and things like that, just like he did with with uh, uh, Pat Riley. Mm-hmm. Right? So it wouldn't be a blatantly – obviously he doesn't trust anyone like that in the Cleveland organization, so he can just run amok and, and pretty much do what he wants and cause whatever to happen on the team is evident of the guys being traded uh, this year. All right, we'll have much more on this a little bit later on. We're going to catch up with Alex Marvez. we got a lot of NFL news. We're here in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. So what is next for the New England Patriots? Alex will break it down coming up next. Harbin and Salam on this Sunday. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on your car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com. 15 minutes ago. It's a little tough doing the show with Ephraim while he's watching Winter Olympics action. I mean, he is. <laughs> I love it, man. Absolutely entrenched. I'm an ultimate competitor. I love watching the Olympics. We get to see so many uh, so many sports and, and, and competitions you wouldn't normally see. Now, do you have a favorite Winter Olympics sport? You know, I really like speed skating. And curling. Really? Like curling, like once I sat down and really watched <laughs> curling, they start micing up the people so you can really hear them. Right. It's unbelievable. All right, so now you're a little bit tall, I would imagine, yeah, I for curling. You'd have to have a really long broom. Yeah. Um, when, we, when we talk about, obviously, all of it is competition, yes. obviously. The question is, do you, divine, do you define sport by the necessary athleticism? I will get to that a little bit later okay. on. Okay. But joining us right now, is a man that is going to give us more information in less time than anyone when it comes to the NFL. Sirius XM NFL Radio. Sporting new NFL insider, Mr. Alex Marvez, joins us once again. Alex, first of all, how did it go last night with the uh, Black College Football Hall of Fame? Unbelievable ceremony. It is, you know, they sold out the dinner first time in the history of the event, and it is moving to Canton in 2020, so only going to gain prominence. But big deal there was the members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame filming some of the Black College Football Hall of Famers, make sure that these memories are captured. You know, there isn't a lot of history available on a lot of HBCUs. 
through the years. This is one of the day, ways that they're going to try to preserve the history. Really touching event. I was so proud to be able to broadcast from there and get to see these folks. You know, every time I think about this, I, I remember when I worked for the Raiders, uh, I worked for Al Locasal, who was a legendary personnel guy, of course, a longtime uh, right-hand man of Al Davis. And in the early 60s, when the AFL, the AFL really took root, Alex, by going to the black colleges and finding talent. And at one time, Locusal told me he's going down to see Eddie Robinson's Grambling team, and their starting defensive tackles are six seven Buck Buchanan <laughs> and six foot nine Ernie Ladd. Can you imagine Ernie Ladd? There's no film of this. Like, you know, Ernie right. Ladd and Buck Buchanan are the starting defensive tackles at Grambling. Good lord. I mean, forget, you know. Black colleges, major NFL, no any level had not seen anything like that. So it's very interesting with a tremendous history. All right, let's jump. Look, let's jump right into it. Let's talk about these quarterbacks. We got to. You want to? I want to talk about the quarterbacks. Which one are you going to talk about? Uh, First of all, what do you think about Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Alex? Uh, What about that deal? Money well spent. I mean, listen, the quarterback market. It was, I think, a fair deal considering what was involved. How much Jimmy Garoppolo made folks better? You know, it was interesting. I talked to John Lynch, you know, as soon as Garoppolo started, you know, entered the starting lineup. And he said, like, this guy's making Marquise Goodwin, who he didn't want to be disparaging about. But it's like, this is a number three receiver for us. He's making him look like a one. He elevated the play of everyone around him. He took pressure off the defense. He was a great leader. And reality is the quarterbacks are going to continue. The market's going to continue to rise. You know, within two months, Kirk Cousins will have a deal that eclipses this one. And then by the time two years rolls around or three years, when all that guaranteed money is up, well, then it's probably going to look like a halfway, like modest type of deal compared to the way the market is going. I'm a believer in the guy. I think a great move, by the way, too, the 49ers will have at least 70 to $80 million to be able to spend as far as free agency, more contract extensions go. They were building up for this year, and they're going to take full advantage of it. All right, let me give you another quarterback question. Do you think that the Eagles have entertained any phone calls yet about the availability of Nick Foles? Yeah, you know, they may have. And, I, you know, I can't dismiss that possibility. I don't think that they're in any rush to trade him. But you also, you know, reality is that if you can fetch something that will be able to help you get a high pick, you got to think about it. You know, how good is Nate Sudfeld? A player that Doug Williams was bullish on in the Redskins front office, but then he gets released. The Eagles picked him up. He served as the backup to Nick Foles, you know, entering the Super Bowl, you know, one snap away from seeing, you know, Nate Sudfeld. So, you know, I think those are things that, that we're still trying to sort out here. The other question is the one year left on Nick Foles' contract. So, you know, you're sort of like, okay, we'll take him for a year. Then is it a franchise tag situation? It's not a cost prohibitive number. It makes him attractive in a trade. But with the uncertainty of Carson Wentz in, in September, as of right now, not sure if the Eagles want to pull the trigger on that deal. Uh, how does Nick Foles feel about that? I get it. Everybody's looking at it from an organization standpoint. But personally, Nick Foles is as marketable and his value is as high as it's ever going to be right at this moment. Do you want to be a backup? Right? Do you want to sit behind Carson Wentz for another year at $7 million a year? Or do you want to go out and make $20, 22000000 million a year and be a starter again? Yeah, it's a great, you know, it's a great question. And the, and the other thing, too, is where does he fit? You know, I mean, is, does Nick Foles have the self-awareness and not every offense is going to be suited for him? You know, the Eagles, and, and that's the tough question that NFL evaluators are going through right now. How much of what we see in the postseason, which is statistically maybe the greatest, you know, postseason ever by a quarterback right. when you add it all up, it's ridiculous. But how much of that was a scheme? How much of it was the RPO stuff that was, that's ahead of its time right now? 
coordinators are going to catch up with that. And how much was that was just Nick Foles playing great football? I mean, that's where the talent evaluators have to come in and figure out, is this, is this legit on Nick Foles? Has he the, the guy that threw 27 touchdowns, two interceptions in 2013, or is he still closer to the guy in 2015 flop with the Rams? I know we're a couple of weeks away from the combine here, Alex, but what is your sense are we going to see teams trying to move up in the draft to go after Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, uh, or are we going to see some free agent signings prior to the draft? I mean, how do you think this is going to start playing out as far as quarterbacks falling to certain teams? You know, the, the fly in the ointment is Saquon Barkley because Saquon is so talented that if someone took him at one, you know, I really couldn't argue it. I mean, this kid is just such a special athlete, special person, you know, just smart, everything you want in a, in a guy. Saquon Barkley is injury-free during his time in college, so not coming in with any dings in that regard. So, you know, if the Giants are at two, you know, they may want something extra because they may be committed to Saquon Barkley thinking this is going to be the spark plug to the offense and help carry Eli Manning for until Eli's done playing. So I think that's where it gets a little tricky. Indianapolis at three, still trying to get an assessment on Andrew Luck. Where is he at? If Cleveland doesn't take a quarterback at one, do they take one at four? And then you got the Broncos sitting pretty at five. You know, right now it's really a four, it's really a three quarterback race, at least as of this point, in terms of Darnold, Rosen, and, you know, Josh Allen of Wyoming because of the physical stature that Allen carries. I mean, it looks like those are going to be the top three. And then the, the next question becomes, what do you think about Baker Mayfield if you're a talent evaluator? Is he a top 20 guy? Do you, you maybe even look at a Mason Rudolph or Lamar Jackson, someone else that, that's in that mix right now at QB. But that's the way it's shaping up at this moment. Let's talk about Cleveland. What do they do with that first pick? Like, and remember, they also have the fourth pick. Well, yeah, I mean, but, but who, though? Well, probably I would imagine. See, this is going to be the interesting thing because Todd Haley was hired, right? And you look at the right. success. Todd had with Ben Roethlisberger, big-bodied quarterback, can stay in the pocket a little bit. You know, just all those things. And, and plus with Cleveland and the weather, you're hoping that you're playing December, January home games that mean something, and you want to have a, a strong-arm quarterback just in case the weather conditions are terrible. So, you know, you think about all those things, and Josh Allen physically fits the bill, but just because someone looks like somebody doesn't mean they play like somebody. You know, I think Sam Darnold, just, there's some questions about personality. Is he the type of guy that can lead an NFL team? That's one of the knocks. And, you know, you look also at, at this season, how everything regressed when his offensive line wasn't very good. And, and talent evaluators have to figure out how much is that on him, how much is that on, on the offensive line or the offensive coordinator. One more thing about this with Josh Rosen, you know, he just has a an attitude that's like, maybe I'm smarter than you, which isn't always good to have. So I think that's one of the things he told me that when I interviewed him last week, that you know, that's one of the things he wants to clear up, too, about his love of football. And people wonder, is he really committed to, you know, a team game and those types of things? But, you know, when you're talking 6'4", 20 years old, he just turned 21, I believe, uh, February 10th. So yesterday, I mean, this really could be a star, but you got to be sold on him winning over a bunch of adults yeah, in your locker room. You, you really got to put him in the right situation. I mean, he's a California kid. Uh, you yeah. t- Taking him out there to Cleveland and having him playing outside in December, I- I'm-, I'm not feeling that. I see uh, Josh Allen as a better fit. Um, do they take? They don't take him at one. They can take him at four. He should still be there, right? Why, why don't you take well, Barkley at one and take a quarterback at four if you're Cleveland? Well, because what if Denver jumps up five to two, five to three, and the Giants drop down and say, "We'll take those picks. We got enough problems as it is, and we're going to address the offensive line." Those types of things. You can't, you know, bird in hand. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You don't. If, if you're, you know, look at Cleveland 
and how many times they pass on a franchise quarterback. Are they really in position to pass on a guy again and roll the dice like that? No. Think about how Chicago, Chicago stunned the NFL last year. You know, Mitch Trubisky, they jump up to get him at, at two. Nobody was expecting that. I mean, so you can't, you know, if you have a chance to draft a kid, you draft a kid. All right, now, earlier in our show, Alex, and I want you to, hopefully you're sitting down for this, <laughs> but Ephraim and I are having a discussion about the future of the Patriots, and we came up with this. Really, it was Ephraim that sparked it, and I'm like, wow. We know that Tuesday night, Bob Kraft and Belichick had dinner together. What if that conversation discussing his future with the Patriots organization included Part of it, like, could you see yourself wanting to coach somewhere other than New England? And let's say, in a way, a roundabout way, Belichick said he wasn't adverse to that idea. What about Bob Kraft putting Belichick on the trading block? I mean, I can't, I can't discount any possibility like that. It doesn't seem like. I mean, we That's saw what Al Davis right got, now, two but... number ones and two number twos for John Gruden from Tampa Bay. Two ones, right. two twos for Gruden. What do you think Belichick yeah, but... would get if you were trying to trade him? Well, let's go over this, though, first, too. All right. Belichick has to want to be traded. Of course he you know does. I mean. Absolutely. He'll just, and he'd have to prove. Let's and, say, let's say the Denver Broncos. Let maybe, maybe they're not totally sold that Vance Joseph is, uh, is the key there. All right. Right, I get what you're saying. Or I mean, Green Bay was another team we talked about. You know, you got Aaron Rodgers there, right? Right, right. No, I think a team would give up a bounty, you know, even at an advanced age. I mean, you know, you don't know how long Bill wants to do this for. You know, are you talking about a, a two-year, three-year commitment with him, in it, you know, getting into his mid-60s, or are we talking longer than that? So when we talk about coaches like a Gruden or a Don Shula who ultimately fetched the draft pick, I mean, there's been draft pick compensation for coaches before, but if Bill was into it, you, you know, yes. And listen, by the way, too, you're going to have to throw him a ton of money, you know, which I think is okay, but you also have to give him the power to run the organization, and he's going to have to craft it, not no pun intended, to his liking, if you understand what I mean, because he's the judge, sure, and jailer as far as personnel moves, the way the organization is run. You have to hand the keys to the kingdom to him, so he's not going to be for every NFL team. You always have your Arthur Blanks, your Jerry Jones, guys who want to be involved in certain ways that maybe Robert Kraft has learned, let me just stay out of this guy's way and let him do business. But Until no, he I decides can't, again, to... I can't dismiss any possibility of it, you know? All yeah. right, good stuff. He didn't dismiss the idea. Nah, I'm telling you, it's, uh, it's leaning that way. All right, Alex, as always, man, you're the best of the best. Thanks so Thanks, much. Thanks, Alex. Awesome, gentlemen. Be good. Yep. Sirius XM NFL Radio, Sporting News NFL Insider. All this trading of Belichick talk starts right here. All right, we're in the uh, Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. This is incredible. Uh, let's bring Gascon back on right now. We're a little delirious with ourselves that we <laughs> suddenly have Belichick on the trading block and people are not dismissing the idea. You got Amazing. Gruden coming back. You got the hoodie on the block. Yeah, there you go. Changes in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, oh, my. Wow. Well, We'll, uh, we'll start things off in the NFL. Frank Wright, the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, the team announced today. Five-year deal in place for him, as reported by Mark Garofolo. Meanwhile, Cincinnati Inquirer is reporting the Bengals want to lock in Carlos Dunlap and also Geno Atkins for extensions prior to week one of this 2018 campaign. Switching over to the NBA, it was a beatdown in Boston. LeBron at the left point, waits for a hill screen. Dribble straight away, launches a three. He nails it as LeBron James has given the Cavaliers a 10-point lead. LeBron had 24 points in 28 minutes. Cavaliers had seven players in double-digit scoring. 
Shot 54% from the field, 53% from downtown, 16 of 30 from distance, and they just hammered the Celtics 121 to 99 in front of Paul Pierce and company. Uh, Detroit, they fall at Atlanta. Andre Drummond did have 25 and 15, but it was 118 and 115. The Hawks. Pacers lead the Knicks 83 to 68. And then later on tonight, you'll get OKC and the Memphis Grizzlies. In college basketball, Cincinnati beat SMU today by 25. Michigan beat Wisconsin on the road by 11. And Duke and Georgia Tech right now, 8-14 to play in the first half. Blue Devils in front by 16. Uh, David Gascon, we're actually watching that Georgia Tech-Duke game, and a Georgia Tech player went down, and his arm snapped. Did Grayson Allen hit him? Goodness gracious. Yeah. That was... uh, uh, That looked like a... Who's Bone. The, Man, that made my eyes water. Who was the kid from Louisville that oh. had his legs snapped a couple years ago? Yeah, during the uh, championship there. Yeah, right in yeah. front of Rick Pitino. Yeah, well, Ooh. we just had something similar, although he did walk off. That was Kevin Ware, yeah. This uh, nice player body. actually just walked off the court, I, although they didn't really show the arm. But did we what, see that? Did we see what we saw there? I, yes, we did see what we saw. Did what, I see What bone? I saw was bone sticking out of flesh. Yeah, so, um, and the uh, reaction of the people on the court, the players on the court. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. You know. <sighs> wow. All right. That was scary. Uh, great news. There's a quick way for you to save money. Switch to Geico. Ooh. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Wow. Scary when you see stuff like that. That really is. Especially as an, I mean, you know, we as fans, you know, we're shocked with that kind of stuff. When you're an athlete, though, and you see something like that, I remember. You know, the, the legendary snapping of Joe Theismann's ankle on Monday Night Football. Did you ever hear about this story? This is, you know, that was Joe's last play. They're playing the New York Giants, Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. He gets tackled, and he's, you see Lawrence Taylor of the Giants jumping up, waving, like, come out here. Yeah. But the original angle didn't show it. And in those days, this is in the mid-'80s, they suddenly had the reverse angle replay, and it showed him going down and that ankle just snapping. Man, I tell I you mean, what. his ankle just snapped. That is awful. Woof. All right. Let's get off of that for a second. I want to get back to Jimmy Garoppolo for a second here because we really haven't dove into this. You're, you're very high on this deal of giving a guy that's had seven starts in his entire NFL career the richest contract in NFL history. Can you imagine – $86.4 million guaranteed in the first three years of the deal. $86.4 million for a guy that has started seven games. Do you remember what I said in the middle of his starting? Mm-hmm. I said, if I'm the 49ers, I'm not waiting. I'm sitting him down. I'm saying, hey, five years, 124, mm-hmm. let's sign it. And I think I even said like 37 or something up front, right. guaranteed, whatever. Well, they won up me. They beat me. And look, the way Jimmy Garoppolo came onto the team, you got to remember, he came in at the end of the Seattle game. Right. First pass, he threw a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, whoa, okay, I think he played three plays or four plays in that game. The next week, the entire ch- chemistry of the team changed. And then there was the Jacksonville game. The Jacksonville. Where he carved up the number one defense in the league. Look, he definitely has it. We saw him have it last year. Right. Right? The 2-0 as a starter in New England, we saw him. So we're talking, oh, okay, it's Belichick. Is that way 
will he have success? Would it be another Matt Castle type of situation? Obviously not. When you can bring one piece into a locker room and it changes both sides of the ball, you got something special. All right, but here, here's here's a little stat for you here, Ephraim. I give you numbers every once in a while. Yep. There has never been a team to win the Super Bowl that has paid their quarterback more than 11% of the cap. Okay. 11% of the cap. Already, Garoppolo's above that number. Yep. And then yep. we're looking down the line at Matt Ryan, New Deal in Atlanta. I mean, do you think that Drew Brees is going to flatline for the next two years in New Orleans, or do you think no. he wants a little boost in pay? I'm sure he wants a little cash. And then there's well Aaron, deserved. And then there's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but these are those all- are that. I mean, are you willing to give Aaron Rodgers what he's talking about? Could be up to twenty percent of your cap to your quarterback. Okay, is that okay? Again, I for just told you Rogers, no team yes. has won a Super Bowl because Tom Brady's been taking discounts. Look, right, and and that's why that number is skewed. Right, because Tom has won five. Right, so that's why that number no, is skewed. Tom I think, Brady. I think Peyton Manning, uh, who was at one point the highest, he was making eleven percent of the uh, cap. Mm-hmm. That's that's. But now we're talking about because of this Garoppolo deal, right? Potentially for a Matt Ryan or an Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or some of these other guys. Forty nine has got a lot of money to spend. Got to put it somewhere. I understand, but a lot of money. But you got a lot of draft picks. You have a you have a cap like everybody else. But they got a lot of draft picks, right? Right. So you get outstanding talent, young on very young, right? Right. That's the whole mentality. But But you can't keep the team together. Then if you had to resign these guys after four years, first of all, they don't they don't have a team to keep together. Remember that they're building something, right? The main piece, the main building block to their foundation. They just signed and locked up. We don't have to worry about him. Let's focus other places. Right, that's Jimmy Garoppolo. That's at the quarterback position. He did enough to warrant. Okay, he's our guy for the next ten years, ten, twelve years. Period, and he's happy with that. So now you build around him. You put people in places, actual talent around him, because he made everybody on that offensive side of the ball better. He made everybody better. He took third and 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 and, and fourth string receivers. It, it made them viable. Right. Carlos Hyde, he was excited. So now you build pieces around Jimmy Garoppolo. You get some young guys. You get some guys in San Francisco. Everybody want to go there, right? You get some guys who want to come in and and restart. It's a different team now. Yeah, but isn't it a different atmosphere now, Ephraim, with a team like the Eagles winning with very little invested in the quarterback position? Yeah, but they have a quarterback, though. (laughs) The Eagles have a quarterback. That's the reason they won 11 games prior to their quarterback going down. They actually have one. So you can't use the Eagles. Well, they won with a backup quarterback. But to get to that point, they had an MVP candidate most likely was going to win the MVP of this year in Carson Wentz. So you need that piece. You need a quarterback. The 49ers didn't have any. They didn't have any. So the fact that they decided to lock up Jimmy Garoppolo I think was a great situation for them moving forward business-wise. By the way, I have a play out on the Vikings quarterback situation. Ready for this? I would love to hear this. So you got Case Keenum, you have Sam Bradford, and you got Teddy Bridgewater. Yes. You ready for their destinations? Yes. Let's start with Case Keenum. Okay. Not going anywhere. Okay. We're going to stay with Case. We're going to stay with him. All right. Sam Bradford. Sammy B. Hello, Arizona Cardinals. Ooh. That's not bad. 
I like that. Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Not happy that Carse, I mean that uh, Case Keenum is staying in Minnesota. Right. Signs a one-year deal, sort of a look-see. Buffalo Bills. Oh wow. Hey, that's pretty I, good, I, man. I don't, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out for you. What do you think? You are right. You are right. It is. That, that, that sounds pretty good. Buffalo's a pretty good team. That, 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 they are. It's, yeah. it's very interesting. That's they a definitely playoff need team. a quarterback. They're a playoff team. If Teddy Bridgewater still has it, they're that much better, right? And I hope he does because that injury, I mean, oh. right in, in the uh, peak of him hitting his stride, right. that, that injury was horrific. But you're right. But for Minnesota, that's a – I mean, that's a – got to get rid of uh, – um, Sam Bradford, he just can't. Stay oh enough. no, he's gone. He, we, he we know he's the easy guy. And the question yeah. only is, do you still keep Bridgewater around? If because, he wants but, to, but he wants to play. He wants to play. And he if wants you go to, to a team like Buffalo, that just made the playoffs. He wants to play. And he, he can still play. play. He makes them that much better. That's true, right? He he wants to play, and that's yeah. why my my whole thing about Nick Foles is, yeah, you can, you know. You could say yeah, Nick Foles is going to make $7 million or you could sign him to an extension, but does Nick Foles want to play? Obviously, it looked like he wanted to play. It looks like he wants to play. So to sit behind Carson Wentz for the next couple of years, that's ridiculous. He's only going to be worth less. If he stays in Philly this year, his market value goes down. All right, period. speaking of market value, we're here in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios Isaiah Thomas is now in a position to try to create market value for himself. But could it be to the detriment of the Lakers? We're going to break it down coming up next. Harman and Salam rolling on. Oh, let's see. Mm. On a Sunday... So, did you watch the uh, the Laker game last night? Yes. So, Isaiah Thomas oh. said he was liberated, reborn. Still checking for me. All the true gangsters know. Ain't nothing love, no hope. All my real hood still checking for me. He had a new still uh, checking for me. sense ain't of freedom. Gangsters know. Ain't, ain't In a Laker love. uniform. Indeed. And he came out firing. <laughs> See, I can operate like this. <laughs> so he comes out and he scores 22 points in 31 minutes off yes. the bench. And he was thrilled. Loved it. Here was the problem. Lakers lost to the lowly Dallas Mavericks, giving up a mere 130 points. Ridiculous. All right. So here, here's, here's you got Isaiah Thomas who a year ago at this time has visions that he is going to get a max deal. Max deal. 200 plus. This year, because again, he originally was the last player picked in the draft, 60th player out of 60. Yep. Mr. Irrelevant. Went to a couple of, time, a couple of uh, different teams. He wanted to be a Laker at one point. They weren't willing to pay his price tag. He's only making $6 million this year, Isaiah Thomas. A guy that was... Second team All NBA last year, Scored. fifth in the MVP voting, second a, in the league in scoring, a game. Uh, and led his team to the number one seed in the East. Yep. Now, with his contract expiring at the end of this year, he's got about twenty five games to the Lakers to show everybody what he's got. Wait, he people know what he has. He's he's done enough. 
yeah, you but, know what he has. But you don't know how healthy he is after right. that hip injury. And right. obviously with Cleveland, he looked like a shadow of his former self. It just didn't work. It so what do you do if you're situation. the Lakers? Are you going to help Isaiah Thomas? And let me give you another scenario with Isaiah Thomas right now. Well, if you want LeBron, make sure you can't have Isaiah Thomas. So, Ah, but what if you're skipping a year? Well, let's go back on this uh, whole thing about Lonzo Ball right now. You know, they've been uh, playing pretty good basketball without Lonzo. We don't know when he's going to be back. Obviously not uh, any time before the All-Star break. LeVar's been really quiet as of late. Well, he's coaching. Is that what he's doing? Yeah, he's coaching. I thought he was trying to organize that junior basketball league. You know how many people have signed on for that so far? How many? That would be zero. Okay. Is the structure up? Is the sign-up sheet in the locker room? Well, he he approached 80 of the top high school players saying, look, you play in my junior basketball league, you'll get paid. You don't have to do that one and done. Zero takers. If I were that one guy, am I playing against myself, or how does it work? If it would be a one-on-one league with another guy and I still get paid? Anyway. <laughs> What if what if Isaiah Thomas looks pretty good? And maybe your long-term plan isn't LeBron James. Okay. And then you get Isaiah Thomas to stay and you market Lonzo Ball. Oh, so you get rid of Lonzo Ball? Why well, you're not getting rid of him. He certainly has trade value. Nah. But you get rid of Lonzo, you essentially also get rid of LeVar. They're not doing that. They're not worried about LeVar. They're not. They're not worried about Lavar, and you, you know you don't want to you know get rid of a kid who. Well, I mean, let me ask you right now. I'm watching Isaiah Thomas right now. He's a better player than Lonzo Ball. He's a better scorer than Lonzo Ball. Well, he can distribute as well. He had some pretty good. Dis- you know what he does? Yeah, but he, can't he gets guard to anybody. the hoop. He gets to the hoop. He can't guard anybody. Well, I understand that. You so, need somebody to cover him on defense. Right. I get that part. So now you're taking away from a whole portion of. You know, you're you're spacing, you're flooring. Yeah. Like, it's literally four on five out there. I got news for you. Magic didn't play any defense. Yeah, but he was a body, though. He was 6'9". But they six, had Michael nine. Cooper covering for him. I got it, but yeah. he was 6'9". Yeah. It's easy to get away from not playing <laughs> right. when you're 6'9". All you got to right. do is put your hands up. Yes. You put your hands up, Isaiah Thomas puts his hands up, they're still shooting over him. I like that he gets to the hoop. That's the thing that. that kills me about Lonzo Ball. You got the six well, we, six guard, we know he and can. he doesn't get to the hoop. We know he can get to the hoop, but he, he just doesn't. doesn't. He just stands there and th- shoots threes. I get it. I understand that badly. So you're in favor of keeping Isaiah Thomas over Lonzo Ball? I just want to see Ball. how this is. Go- well, let me ask you this: What are you going to do with Isaiah Thomas if you're the Lakers the rest of the year? Are you going to let him do what he did last night and just come in and like I'm firing, man? He's when you lose Jordan Clarkson, you need somebody off the bench to add some punch, some have some scoring. He scored 22 off the bench. That's exactly what you want. That's exactly what you want. That's exactly his role right now, coming off the bench and giving the second unit a, a viable scoring option. What's wrong with that? Well, it's fine if that's if – that's, but if you're trying to market yourself, if you're Isaiah Thomas – All you got to do is be productive. That's it. You don't have to start. You just so have to you be productive. So you think he could be like Lou Williams is? That's it. A very productive six man. All you got to do is be productive. Right. I, I don't worry about starting, coming off the bench, none of that. You just worry about being productive and everything else to shape out. So you don't fear that maybe they're going to fall in love with Isaiah Thomas? No. I mean, if he comes in and he does what he's supposed to do, kudos. But is he a franchise player? No. He's not. He's not a franchise no, player. No, man, no. 
You're going to build around he was Isaiah Thomas? Max Dealed. Did you see him in He's Boston? He's too ball dominant. He's too ball dominant. Those days of Allen Iverson and being, it's just, it's over. We're in the uh, Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Where are you going, Tom Brady? Just for the record, it's Bob Slane, not Bob Sledding. Just want to make sure. I mean, if you're following the Winter Olympics, all right? Bob Slane, not Bob Sledding. Okay. All right, just the official. Because you, if you're going to be watching Winter Olympics, you know, you want to know the right terms. I also like the luge. <laughs> yes, the luge. Uh, by the way, online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. All right, so here we are. It's the month of February. February is is known as a uh, as a down month in sports, right? Yes. I mean, you're you, you inhale the NFL season. Now we do have the Winter Olympics this year, yeah. so we have something going on that uh, give you a little bit of a distraction. But now we're getting ready for the combine in a couple of weeks. Then, of course, we get March Madness, and then, of course, by April, all hell breaks loose. We get everything. You know, baseball pitchers and catchers. If baseball is your game, uh, spring. What you're, you're shaking your head on that one? Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> you mean you don't want to break down pitchers and catchers no. next week? No, no, that's not going to happen. Why would you do that? All right, let me ask, let me ask you something. I'll give you something to break down right now. Uh, did Tom Brady just extinguish his uh, status as the greatest quarterback of all time? No, he just what? lost his third Super Bowl in Doesn't his last matter. five tries. Yeah, five hundred yards, losing, losing. Yeah, five hundred yards in the Super that's Bowl. That's called an L. You, no one has done that before. It's called an L. Who's thrown for five hundred yards? You in know the what Super I got? Bowl? You know what I was hit up with on Monday? Because I've been saying all along, I was one of those guys that held out until last year. Why? And I said, and I said that's it. I mean, any any argument, it's over. That does not right. conclude the fact that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. So you know. We were sitting here, our buddy Colin Coward being one of those in the lead up to the Super Bowl. Apparently, he thought it was a fait accompli that, you know, when he wins, when he wins that sixth Super Bowl, now he has as many championships as Michael Jordan had. Mm-hmm. And that you could make the argument that Tom Brady is the greatest team sport athlete of all time. It's going to happen when he wins that sixth Super Bowl. But he didn't win, he lost. And he has lost three of his last five Super Bowls. And let's be fair. He was handed a victory by the Seattle Seahawks. Handed a victory in that game by the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. So really, it could be four out of five. And by the way, if Atlanta's not throwing the ball on every down in the second half with a gigantic lead, he made lose five straight Super Bowls. If it was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. We can't. So, I mean. You know, it is what it is. All right. So you're saying that even if, let's say he loses the next three Super Bowls in a row. It doesn't matter what he does from this point He's on. He's already the best quarterback ever. Ever, you're saying. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, so if he doesn't make the playoffs next year, that doesn't change. Well, I guess the the question is, is Super Bowls the sole criteria no. in judging the greatest quarterback of no, all time? No, because Eli went to two and won two, and he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. But Tom Brady doesn't have the career numbers that a Peyton Manning or Brett Favre has. In fact, he's still looking behind a guy like Drew Brees as far as sheer numbers are concerned in the regular season. I get it. I understand that. So you're saying the differential is the fact that he is the winningest Super Bowl quarterback of all time. Although John Montana, he was four it, for four. What's better, four adds, and zero or five and three? It, do you think Joe Montana would have liked to go to more Super Bowls? I'm sure he would have. Okay, he had opportunities and what missed if he, out. What if he went to three more Super Bowls and didn't win? Do you think that would take anything 
away from his greatness. But he was four and zero. I know. What if he went to seven? What if he went to seven? I'm going to ask you right now. What's more impressive, four and zero or five and three? To go to the Super Bowl eight times, to take your team, the same team, to the Super Bowl eight times, is pretty damn impressive. And lose twice to Eli Manning and once to a backup quarterback. I get it, man. It's a team. Football is the ultimate team sport. All right. If you throw, if I sit up here and say, hey. The night before the Super Bowl, Tom Brady, you're going to throw for 505 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, and your team won't punt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How much do you think you're winning by? Right? Right. Yeah. Right? You'd be like, oh, okay. However, he had a chance to win that game, and he had a strip sack uh, fumble, and the game was over. Again, not his fault, right? Need to offensive guard. You got to get rid of the ball. Really? That's where we're going? All right. So your guard got uh, turned around, yes. With all of that said. Yes. Four seconds left in the game. Mm-hmm. The last play. Yes. Still, when he threw that ball. And Gronk is knocking everybody over. And you, in your mind, <laughs> were you like, oh, my God. You know what's unbelievable about and that it, play? When he threw that ball, right. weren't you? Oh, because I saw I was Gronk like, was there. Oh, God. I, you Here know, we go. You know what was amazing about two people, you know, two different people watching the same play with a completely different interpretation? First call I got on my show Monday, so we're talking about the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, right? It's from a Patriot fan. Where was the interference call on I'm the Hail Mary? Right. They were all over him. I'm like, what? No one. He calls. was knocking people over like bowling pins to clear space. Yeah, no one's going to call that. No, they never call pass interference no. on a Hail Mary. No. You know who was most disappointed, Al Michaels? We ran, we ran a series. We ran a montage. You ready for this? Of every significant Eagles play in that game, whether it was a touchdown, big play, whatever. And in every single call, Al Michaels, as he's describing the play, when the play was completed in favor of the Eagles, his voice went down a notch. <laughs> the worst was the last play of the game. Oh, my goodness. Because remember, if you bet on, I'm not saying he did, but let's say you bet on the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Remember, the line was four and a half. Right. There is still a chance they're going to cover that spread if they get that touchdown, two-point conversion, and then score a touchdown like, like they did in overtime last right. year, right? But when he was knocked down, it was like, passes up, and it knocked down. <laughs> Instead of, Eagles win. I mean, it's you know, that's a pretty significant story. You it know, is. Eagles' first ever Super Bowl championship. Did you like uh, the Kelsey uh Oh, my God, show? that was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, it, I mean, if you're Vince McMahon, where do I sign this guy up? Absolutely. And then there's that clown Lombardi. The clown Lombardi. He said he, he, he said Peter was, was the all-time. I'm going to hear. You are a clown. You are. He was on. <laughs> awesome. Fire. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. I mean, seriously. But that's just, you know, to some people, New England is boring, right? Yeah. New England is boring. Philly was, mm. you know emotional and exciting and you know the whole underdog story having a guy who you know was about to be selling car insurance two years ago he goes out and best tom brady mm-hmm. the greatest of all time the greatest of all time formerly the greatest of all time let me is. ask you this Come let on. me let, let's again we keep moving forward with this whole dynamic of trying to separate belichick and brady yeah and how they're inseparable it's got to happen you do they, believe there's going to be a day when one or they, the other is going yeah. to be without that other guy? I think it'll be soon. Soon, like this year. Yeah, it's too, All right, let's say Brady. Once, once Eagles collide. Right. Once their Eagles have collided, which they have. It's come from all parties. Mm-hmm. A lot of Eagles. Uh, 
Mr. Kraft came out and said on live television, uh, one of the first things we got to do was we're going to check our egos at the door. He said our egos. Right. Right, including his, Tom's, Bill Belichick. Now, Belichick obviously was ready to move on from Tom Brady. We know that's his formula. That's what he does. We get rid of him. Right. Early before too late. Right. You got to clear cap space to secure Especially when you have the next best thing Mm -hmm. in in the wings waiting. And no one knew more about how good Garoppolo could be than Belichick. Absolutely. This is the guy who's going to lead us into the next century. He's got the it factor. He's the guy. Now, your boss, who's never poked his nose in football business before, who's never came down and made a decision mm-hmm. for you right? per your contract. I do football stuff. You handle the business. That's what it's been for 18 years. All of a sudden, think about, you want to talk about ego and bruising someone's ego. Think about that conversation. Bill, I need you to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. I want you to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. But why? He's our quarterback. For the- Tom wants to play four more years. We can't afford to keep Jimmy Garoppolo for four more years. You got to trade him. See, I I have gotten both sides on this. I understand where you're coming from, and honestly, I'm leaning your way on that whole scenario. But I've also gotten the other side on this whole deal. That Belichick decided when he saw that Brady was still productive, that he realized, I'm just going to get what I can get for Garoppolo. No, no shot. I mean, I've been getting a lot of that. That's not the Patriots' way. So all of so you're saying Bill Belichick changed that philosophy. Be- well, if 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 you're of the mindset that Belichick believes he made Brady, then he also must be of the mindset that he made Garoppolo. Right. Why wouldn't he want to keep Garoppolo to win a Super Bowl with Garoppolo? He's won five with Brady. In but order, maybe, maybe in order to maybe separate yourself, like if I can make Brady, if I can make Garoppolo, I can make anybody. I can get another quarterback in the draft and do the exact same thing. No. Why would you think that way when you have one? Like you have one. You're not going off speculation. I've had You this have button. one in your hand. What, Look at you, your hands. Open your hands. There it is. Jimmy, no, cup them. Cup oh, them cup like them this. right there. Jimmy Garoppolo's two buns are sitting in your hands right now. But you how have, you don't know You this. have his buns in your hands. With all this talk that we're giving about, you know, Belichick could be on the trade block and everything else, how about this scenario? Three years from now... Tom Brady and Belichick are still where they are. No shot. And Josh McDaniels Not, is still, no still in there as an offensive coordinator. No shot. Not even, no, no chance of that. And by the way, you've already drafted, and now you got your next Jimmy Garoppolo ready to take over. Who's who's that? I have no idea. Exactly. Somebody in this draft that they, they can make anybody a great quarterback. Objection, Your Honor, speculatory. <laughs> Belichick is of the mindset, I can do it with anybody. He wanted I to do it now. Master. He wanted to do it now. The Patriots way is Richard Seymour still had gas in the tank, time to go. Willie McGinnis just had three sacks in the Super Bowl, time to go. He does it every time. Now, all of a sudden, it changes because of Tom Brady? Tommy, as uh, Mr. Kraft calls him, okay? (laughs) Don't you see? It's a clear line in the sand. Two people on one side, one person is on the other. Who's the two people on one side? All right, let's let's Who's the two people on one side? All right, I, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio okay. I will address that, and I'm also going to address this. You're making it clear that Bob Kraft put his foot down and said, 
Tom Brady is never going to wear another uniform other than the New England Patriots. So we're pretty set on Brady. But why would he do that with Josh McDaniels? We'll tell you coming up next. Hi, Ben and Salam with you. Hey, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. We're still uh, talking about the uh, fallout from the Josh McDaniels decision to reverse course. The uh, Indianapolis Colts today moved on and hired Eagles offensive coordinator Frank Reich to be their head coach, giving him a five-year deal. Of course, what really made this awkward is they'd already signed on several assistants that were going to join Josh McDaniels in Indianapolis. And I'll say this, they're honoring those contracts. This means Frank Reich is going to inherit coaches that he had no say in hiring. You get what you get. So I have no idea what's going to happen. That's a recipe for disaster. Well, you talk about an uncertain future. We still have to figure out what's the latest with Andrew Luck and that shoulder. Is he ready to go? Goodness gracious. So the Colts situation's a mess. But let's get back to this idea of being indispensable. Now, obviously, if you're Bob Kraft, I get it. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. And the idea of Tom Brady wearing any uniform other than the New England Patriots uniform, I'm sure for a guy like Bob Kraft, is just not registering. And no. he made that clear to Bill Belichick. But is Josh McDaniels a guy that is indispensable to the future of the New England Patriots? No, but what you don't want to do is lose your offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator, and your head coach. Yeah, but if let me ask you this. If they were so if he was so indispensable, then why didn't you make a move prior to all this? I mean, this idea that he was leaving, we've been talking about this for for months that we knew we knew at the start at the end of the regular season that mm-hmm. he was heading to the Indianapolis Colts and yet no news nothing from New England and then all of a sudden after they lose the Super Bowl they frantically are scrambling to keep him yeah I, something I, is not adding up here i think something came out or some well we the only way we can be for sure is to see how this thing plays out with Bill Belichick right all right i am convinced and maybe i'm wrong that Bill Belichick is ready to move on. So maybe it was Belichick after the Super Bowl that came into Kraft and basically said, I'm ready to move on now. And now Kraft is scrambling like, whoa, hold on a second here. I can see that. And, you know, what Belichick didn't want to happen is for him to leave and and McDaniels just step right in and be the head coach. Right. Like He didn't want that. That's why he was ready for those guys to Matt Patricia to to go off and be head coaches elsewhere. We're going to leave the cupboard bare. You want Tom Brady? You get Tom Brady. Well, that was how but, you played it out for me. Remember, you, right. you were sitting there and you're talking That's exactly about right. goodbye Brissett, goodbye Garoppolo, goodbye Patricia, goodbye McDaniel's. You know, you're going to screw with me. Fine, good luck. So what happened was Robert Kraft, yeah, pulled McDaniel's aside and said, "Hey." Like I said, how happy are you going to Indy? Is your wife ready to go? Kids ready to go? Or would you like to stay here, get a little pay increase, and sooner than later be the head coach of the are New England Patriots? Are you convinced McDaniels? Let's go back to his Denver run. And mm-hmm. yes, he was very young. And remember how that all started, 6-0. and Remember he beat Belichick. Yeah. Remember that? I mean, he's jumping up and down like he just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then he suddenly wanted control over everything. 
First off, he alienated the whole Jay Cutler situation right out of the box. And you could be a whether you're a Cutler fan or not. The fact was, you know, he He's your quarterback, so you don't want to do that. Right. And Cutler got wind of in there, he was out of there. Then he engineered drafting Tim Tebow in the first round. And he didn't last half of his second season. <laughs> so we always get back to this idea of coordinator and how much credit he gets as a coordinator when you got Tom Brady as your quarterback. Is he the same kind of guy if he has somebody else as his quarterback? The dynamic, uh, a certain level of maturity as a head coach. Does he grow from the first experience? If you're the New England Patriots right now, if you're Bob Kraft, I mean, it's his team. Yes. I, I mean, I would you want to be the guy following Bill Belichick as the head coach? Would if, you want to? If be, you have Tom Brady, yes. But you're not going to have Tom Brady for long. I mean, you'll have him for a year, two years. But then what? But it doesn't matter. You got nothing. If you can have success with Tom Brady in your first year or two as the head coach, then you buy yourself some time, right? Now you get your footing. You don't have to start from scratch. You don't have to start with an unknown. It's a perfect situation being a second-time head coach, first time not going well at all. Right. Right? No, I've seen him. Mike Shanahan was uh, – there are many examples like that. Exactly. I mean, Belichick himself was an hey, example. That's 100% correct. Right. So, moving forward, the disconnect here is Belichick and how he feels about it because he was ready for Josh to go. He was ready for Matt to go. He wasn't signing up to stay on with both of his guys. Go, like, I – I'm telling you, we'll see in the months when more and more of these stories come out and we get down to it, there are definitely some discord and some unhappy people in the organization. I it, cannot it's, it's see. It's safe to say that. I, it, again, what you're saying, and I'm agreeing with is, I can't see any scenario where Belichick is the head coach this year of the Patriots. I can't either. I really can't. I mean, all year long, it's going to be one of those dynamics where – if they're if they lose, you know, you know, is he looking over his shoulder? And by the way, McDaniel's okay. The other thing we never even talked about with McDaniel's is being fired by Bob Lamont. Can you imagine? You are representing the general manager of the Colts, mm-hmm. and you're representing the guy you're bringing in to be the next head coach of the Colts. That's sort of a done deal, right? right. You're Bob Lamont. He he represents half these coaches and GMs in mm-hmm. the league anyway. I mean, as me, would you see any scenario where anyone outside of the New England franchise is going to offer Josh McDaniels an no. opportunity to be a head coach? No. That's what adds more to the fact that he will be the New England Patriots head coach. Now. Yes. And what happens to he him? He basically, yeah. by backing out of the deal, gave up on ev- on 31 other teams in the NFL. He put us. He through his actions, he made a statement. I'm untrustworthy, and if I give my word, means nothing. Like you just can't do that, right, guy? Who's gonna sign up to be put in that position again? They had to scramble. They went and hired Frank Wright. Are you kidding me? That was nowhere on their forecast. But they don't have. They, it's, there's no one else out there. No. What are you doing? They passed on everybody because they already had a done deal. Thank you. They're hiring assistants. So if you're another team in the league and Josh McDaniels comes up again for a head coaching job, are you going to walk down that aisle with him? Absolutely not. What would happen if indeed Belichick moves on, McDaniels takes over, and they go eight and eight this year? 
You get what you get. What do you do next if you're Bob Kraft? You got to ride with him. And Brady suddenly goes off the cliff. You got to ride with it. Which them. could happen at any it point. It can happen for at any moment. We saw it with Peyton Manning. We saw so it with, with Brett Favre. They seemingly everybody. were going to go forever. Nope. And then, boom, right off the cliff. The cliff is there. It's no getting around it. Like, no. It, it's like, oh, it's not going to happen to him. It will happen to him. It happens to everyone. Period. Everyone. By the way, I have a question for you about Tom and, Brady. And I don't care how much kale you eat or how much, or how much your super pajamas help you <laughs> or how much you got a guy rubbing your legs mm-hmm. like uh, he's trying to start a fire. It just it doesn't matter. Can I ask you something about Tom Brady? This is another thing I talked about this week. You know, he came out with a statement. He, he hasn't publicly spoken, but he basically should, he said he used the word gratitude. I have mm-hmm. gratitude for my teammates. I have gratitude for my coaches. I have gratitude to the fans. I have gratitude to the Eagles for being uh, a class act in winning the Super Bowl. And I'm thinking to myself, why do so many people hate Tom Brady? (laughs) I mean, this is a guy Mm -hmm. that was the ultimate underdog. Right. A six-round pick. He shows up with his shirt off at the combine, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, this guy has no chance. And he has gone, it's not, this wasn't Peyton Manning who was anointed from the day he was born that he's going to be some dynamic quarterback in the NFL. This was Tom freaking Brady, the ultimate underdog who has gotten to the top of the mountain. Why do so many people hate Tom Brady? What do you got, Bobo? Bobo, why do you hate Tom Brady? Um, it's not necessarily that I'd hate him. I just not like into all the hype. Like, what has he done to discredit the hype? Deflategate. But was that him? Is okay. he? A, is he? A, if you if you hate the Patriots this, because okay. you just say they're Here's, cheaters. This is my this is my thing with Tom Brady, and this is completely honest. I don't hate Tom Brady. I always respect him as one of the greatest to ever play the position. He will always have that title to me in my life. I don't think that there will be another person like that. I don't like the Patriots, and I don't like the way that they went about things. My distaste for Brady, now that you just read that statement, just made me not like him even more because this was the same guy after the Super Bowl that just walked off the field. He didn't go find Foles and say, good job, congratulations. Remember we, talked about, we talked about Cam Newton for doing that? Yeah. No, no one's Cam, talking about, no Cam one. did it. Cam said something to Brady. Brady walked off like he literally just left. That's not. But then you put out a statement. Oh, thank you to the Eagles. Gratitude, fans. a lot of gratitude. That's not gratitude. That's you so had basically time to think what about you're it. saying is everything about Brady's fake. There's nothing real about Brady from his hairline, which has been restored he, to the uh, increased cleft in his chin. He lost me when they were asking him questions about the the balls, right? And he was like. That, what are you talking about? Yeah, when he I played don't clueless. Even, I don't I think, even know how much air goes and what's a PSI. Like, that lost me right there. And other quarterbacks, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, came out and said, there's no way a quarterback doesn't know exactly how he likes his balls inflated. Yes. Right? Yeah, it's, there's so many ways to say that. I like Im- that. It's impossible. Well, exactly. When you have the ball in your hand all the time, you yes. know yes, instantly oh, and we're talking the inflation about of that football. an elite quarterback. Right. So you wanted us to believe all right, you're that you're saying your co- that Tom Brady's a fake. Everything about this guy is a fraud. He comes off as condescending, and people don't like that. And not a drip of sincerity. Unbelievable. I wouldn't say he's fake. I just think that he's just, it's a persona. 
Not necessarily. Well, then, th- that's not being honest, Bobo. I mean, in other words, is he giving us? I mean, is he creating an image? Is he trying to perpetuate yes, an I, image I that think so. isn't the reality of what so. it is? I think so. Well, then it's being fake. That's fake news. Then whatever he's trying to dish to you is fake news. All right, we'll continue this. See this is what I'm talking about. Uh, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Gas gone. All right. Do you hate Tom Brady? No. 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 But I, I will say, for the longest of time, I was always a, a John Elway guy mm-hmm. as as the best of all time. Right. Even going up against Joe Montana, and with the era of football and where we are now, even still after that Super Bowl performance, I, I might have to put Brady as number one. Well, now Brady is tied Elway with three Super Bowl losses. <laughs> all right, Steve. Only one quarterback's lost more Super Bowls than Tom Brady, and that's Jim Kelly with four. I know. There I know. Go. It was. You know what? I mean, he. <laughs> I mean, for, but I mean, this goes back to what you talked about with the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. The right. fact that they beat Brady with going five oh five through the air, yeah. Gronk with a monster game. They didn't punt at all, yeah, and they still won that ball game. I mean, mm. got to tip your hat to. But man, the dude's playing great football at the age of forty. He's probably gonna be the league MVP. Mm. Why is he playing so well at forty? Well, that's what happens when you got good weapons on the outside, a pretty good head coach, mm. and certain drugs from Europe. Yeah. Oh. Really? Whoa, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. really? Oh, you're, you're gonna go out there and it, wow. Well, I mean, you got to do whatever you, you got to be careful. Do to you could, you could get Albert Pujols part two. Anybody disagreeing? I, I mean, you got to prove it, right? You got to back up some some statements. Well, like they have that, that modern medicine. Well, uh, sleep, <laughs> those water, kale, veggies, kale drinks, <laughs> and uh, uh, spin fire it's massages like on Bolt the legs. Like you became the fastest human by eating yams. Okay, remember that. <laughs> Are you really comparing Usain Bolt to Tom Brady? I don't know. It's not I, like he takes I remember shots. Remember, Carl, Carl Lewis gave me some really good insight on Usain Bolt. But really? Yeah. I mean, we should. Have, do, did he give you some in, uh, some insight on himself? He said, "How did the guy from uh, one year of the World uh, Championships uh, uh, finish a distant second in the two hundred meter and then shatter the world record just uh, seven months later?" Hmm. Hey, Amen. Eating yams, glass houses. That's right. <laughs> Glass houses. All right, what else is going on besides all of our conspiracy theories? Well, if you if you did not know, now you know Frank Wright is the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. It's a deal, done deal today, as announced by the team. Uh, in the NBA, Cavaliers hammered the Boston Celtics 121-99. to bunch of guys were in double-digit scoring for Cleveland, including LeBron James. He had 24 points in just 28 minutes of play. Also had 10 dimes and 8 rebounds. Jordan Clarkson off the bench had 17 points in 23 minutes. That was a pretty good trade for them so far. Uh, other scores around the association: Hawks beat the Pistons. Timberwolves are beating the, or excuse me, the Kings are beating the Timberwolves right now, 27 to 23. OKC is hammering the Grizzlies, 34 to 18. Rockets and Mavericks end of the first quarter. Dallas losing 27 to 19. And then in college basketball, all the top-ranked teams have won or are winning. Number nine, Duke is winning big at Georgia Tech, 59 to 36. Cincinnati was a winner, along with number 20, Michigan, 83-72 at Wisconsin. Great stuff, as always, David. Thank you so much. We're brought to you by Granger, products and service you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger for the ones that get it done. One of the big announcements going to be coming up shortly is is that Rob Gronkowski is going to retire uh, from the National Football League. But it's not something that could last for long. You know, Ephraim, there's been a lot of buzz about Gronk, and let's face it, physically he has taken a beating. One of the problems he has is he doesn't know how to go on the ground. He's awkward. Every time he hits the ground, he seems to be breaking something (laughs) 
He had the concussion. But think about this if you're Gronk right now. And you saw that, you know, The Rock came out and, and, and Stallone's coming out because he is marketable. He is a guy that you know is unique and could play in the, whether it's WWE, whatever it is. But if you're Gronk, you're 28, you're going to be 29. Mm-hmm. You could decide, you know what? I'm stepping aside. I'm going to let my body sort of heal for a year. And I'm going to explore, see if there's something out there that might be a fit for me. And guess what? If it doesn't work, he's certainly young enough to come back. I'm sure that the Patriots will welcome him with open arms. If I was Rob Gronkowski right now, mm-hmm. I would step down. Well, the reason he's so marketable is because he is such a great player. You take but that he's a, a unique person now. Saying. There's a lot of great listen players. Listen to what I'm saying. Yes. That unique personality fits well into him being great on the field. I understand that. Yes. Okay? Yes. Once you take one part of that away, and now you just have Grunk being Grunk in the world. Yes, and? How long is that going to last? Well, I don't know. It's, how do you use it? I mean, what what is your game plan? If you want to be in the WWE, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a lot tougher than you think, right? Of course it is. So you're physically. not letting your body heal. No, not right? with that, yeah. So would you like to go to the WWE and make a million, two million dollars, whatever that is, right? Or would you continue to make $10, 15000000 million a year playing something that you're beyond exceptional at? If right? you were Gronk and you look yeah. at the series of injuries that he has had, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, this concussion. Is he, he going to go be an got. actor? Right? Why not? He's already doing commercials. Uh, He's, I mean, wh- when, when, you're, when, I when say you become Gronk, an actor. How many people outside the football world know who Gronk is? I get it. But A when lot. you become an actor, uh, you actually have to act. Jim Brown did it. Right? Yeah. Uh, and. I don't know about you. Yeah. But to me, <laughs> O.J. Simpson did it. Grunk doesn't come across as a person who can sit in the trailer and memorize his lines. Have and you then, seen his commercials? And then come, uh, how many takes did those commercials? That's the difference between being on a commercial shoot and well, a I'm movie I'm not saying he's going to do a, a movie soap set. opera where you have to basically I do it on it. the fly. Yeah. But when you're talking about acting and you come coming in and ruin somebody's production because you know, it's taking you. Now, I'm not saying he can't do it. So you don't envision Gronk holding up that him, Oscar saying. Watching him right now, I don't think that's in his wheelhouse. All right? Because the number one thing it takes to be a good actor or an actor, period, is discipline. If you're right? Gronk, okay. Discipline. And I don't see him having that type of discipline outside of football. All right. Do you believe then there's a possibility where he's just tired of beating himself up? Oh, yeah. Playing the Absolutely. game, and I'm, that's it. I'm yeah, done. You, you can retire from Calvin there, but don't Johnson go to... did it, and a lot of people never dreamt that Calvin Johnson would walk away well, he after was nine in, seasons. He was in Detroit. If he was in New England winning Super Bowls, but he, may, already he, won his Super Bowls. he may have not walked away. He probably would still be playing now. You think? But the fact that Detroit took the life <laughs> out of Calvin Johnson yeah, but, I mean, the and guy... Barry Sanders, two of the greatest to ever do it, speaks volumes for the Detroit. Do you think Gronk has done enough to uh, warrant the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. He's third all time in uh, touchdowns by a tight end. Can't guard him. Yeah, he's unguardable. You know that was the only time that I was nervous in the Super Bowl. So you know, I'm picking the Eagles. We're up ten at halftime. I when, say we. when they came out and in they the third quarter, and Gronk, it was easy. It was Four like passes. Gronk, 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 and I'm like, oh god. Four passes, touchdown. Oh my god, they can't stop it. It's easy. It. I'm thinking he's going to have 20 catches in the second half. Well, that would have been the plan. That should have been the plan. <laughs> 
Right? Because he hadn't done a whole lot in the first no. half, but I watched that opening drive of the second half. They went right down the field, all to Gronk. And then all of a sudden, what happened? Eagles got the ball and went right down the field. And that's the and difference. I'm like, hello. And that's the difference. That's what, what I knew usually I was happens sick. in that situation right. is the team, the, uh, the offense comes out for the opposing team and goes three and out. Right. The momentum has shifted after the uh, the first drive of the second uh, quarter, second half. Right. And Especially now, when it's New England. They get it. the ball back and they score again. So that's 14 points. Right. Right out the gate, right out, right out of halftime before mm-hmm. the other team puts their points. The only way to stop that is to take a long, methodic drive down the field and put up points. And not many teams have been able to do that, but the Philadelphia Eagles were able to and do it. And not only did it then, but when they actually relinquished the lead. Yep. 14 plays, 75 yards, killed seven minutes to take the lead back. I mean, Belichick, by the way, do you, do you buy that Matt Patricia – is head coaching material? No. Is he an upgrade from Jim Caldwell in Detroit? No. <laughs> Did you see him at the press conference? Sort of cleaned it up a little yeah, bit? a little bit. He tried to clean it up a little bit. You fired Jim Caldwell for Matt Patricia? Is there a reason why the Lions of the 26 teams that were part of the merger in 1970, only one of those franchises, has not been to the Super Bowl. And don't say the Cleveland Browns, because that Cleveland Browns became the Baltimore Ravens. They've been to Super Bowls. One, the Detroit Lions. Is there a reason for that? They made Barry Sanders and (laughs) Calvin Johnson quit football. (laughs) That speaks volumes. Wow. They made them quit football. All right. I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) Take your signing bonus back. All right. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We've been rolling, but we're not done yet. Wait till you hear what we have coming up next. It's all online, so head to Progressive.com today and see if you can save. All right, let's thank some of the uh, the guys today that uh, make this show even possible. Bobo checked in late after Alex left to make it clear that he does not hate Tom Brady. <laughs> but he does believe that Brady is... To be questioned in his sincerity. Would, would you concede that, Bobo, that you you don't buy into the Brady, Mr. Nice Guy, I'm, you know, about integrity and the way the game should be played and all that kind of stuff? Agreed. I just don't get it. Like, I, I don't get it. Cheater is what you're saying. Yeah. I just feel that he got a lot of calls throughout his career that mm. most other quarterbacks and most other teams wouldn't have gotten, and it's not even questioned. It's just like, oh, it's Brady. All right, so Brady, you don't hate him. I don't hate you him. Don't res- I respect you. Don't respect it. You respect what he does on the field, but not who he represents. Yes. Okay. There it is. From both. He is. The, I will say he's the goat. He is the greatest quarterback to ever play the position. Even the, after he lost his third out of his last five Super Bowls, should have lost four. Doesn't out of matter. Five, so I haven't been to a one. Super Bowl, so okay. he's, <laughs> been to, he's been to what eight, uh, seven times. Eight, 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 eight Super Bowls. Yeah. So All see. Right. All right. Uh, I haven't even been to watch one. Want to thank Gascon, doing the great updates, as always, lending his expertise. And, of course, Robert producing this. And, you know, if you have any questions about this show, just direct it to Robert. That's what producers do. Ephraim, when we look ahead for the National Football League, now that the 2017 season has ended, 
There's a lot of things this league has to account for. One of the big stories this week was the fact that Fox, Fox, <laughs> sign on for Thursday night football. Mm. Big, big. So, you know, when we keep talking about the diminishing ratings, even Super Bowl 52, as great a game as it was, coming literally down the last play of the game, major market, Philadelphia, major team, the New England Patriots, lowest rated Super Bowl in seven years which was in keeping in line with everything else we see in the NFL. But when Fox signed on the dotted line for Thursday night football, Rupert Murdoch at the top of the mountain says, there's no substitute. There's nothing comparable. It's not. And when you look at the 80 most watched TV shows in 2017, most people watching, most eyeballs on the set, over 60 of them were NFL games. Well, yeah, it's the number. I mean, that's not even... It's not. It's not just the number one sport. It's the number one program. program. So when people are saying, "Oh, the NFL has a down year and viewership is down," it doesn't matter. Prices don't go down because it still wins every day it's on. All right. So let me ask you this though. Let's say the commissioner, NFL owners, they all gather around. We want to tweak a few things. Television networks, and they said there's only one person that knows the answer. Ephraim Salam. Mm-hmm. Ephraim. We want to make sure we keep the ball rolling here. Yes. If you were to do anything to tweak our sport right now, either on the field, off the field, what are your th- what are your thoughts? Number one, put a program in place that the majority of your players ha- let them have input. Put a, a program in place like you've done with breast cancer awareness, with other charities that the NFL is involved in. And let's help these players change the communities that they put. Now the from. NFL did propose something like this. Didn't Absolutely, they? they're working on this. So and this how, is important. But a lot of people are wondering if this is just you know to appease people, mm-hmm. or can can it actually be productive? Where there is going to be certain amount of money distributed but, to the team specifically to get players' messages out. Right. So the fine system that we have set up for the NFL. Right. That money goes somewhere. Right. Right. Charities. Yes. It goes to charities. Yeah. So let's start off by taking the fine money and jumpstarting this new program that we're going to adopt and and help the players run. How would you monitor something like that? Because I mean, well, you, you just put a committee is, in place. You you put a committee in place, just like they do. Are you with monitoring to make sure all teams are equally involved in this? Absolutely. I mean, you know how certain teams are. It goes back to the cap. You know, oh, you're giving me all that money, but I'm going to hang on. No, 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 no. If you want to really make a difference, mm-hmm. right, and show that, don't just tell me you're making a difference. You got all these billionaires. Right. Right? And, yeah, they do some tremendous things. Mm-hmm. But this year we saw players step up and say, hey, this is what we want to do for our community. Started two years ago with Colin Kaepernick. Shout out to him, right? And, oh, by the way, um, Jimmy Garoppolo's last six games and Colin Kaepernick's last six games in terms of stats are identical. Colin Kaepernick's are a little bit better. But that's neither here nor there. But he didn't win as many games. That's neither here nor there. Right. Just saying. Yeah. Um, we're just talking about production. All right? But what we want to do is we don't want to forget that. We don't want to, oh, that was over. Whew. The guys are standing for the national. And let's be proactive like they were with the concussion thing and all of that. I think that's important. And the second thing they can do is to offer 
NFL players lifetime health insurance. That doesn't seem so much to ask, does it? It's crazy. Like, my health insurance for the NFL runs out at the end of this month. Really? I'm on my own from here you on out. played 13 years. 13 years. Everything's hurt. 13 years. Back, And knees, when you need hips, it the most, it's so gone. It's gone. That, to me, doesn't make sense. That, if they care, then they need to rectify that situation. All it's right. ridiculous. Now, as far as the fans are concerned, mm-hmm. either going to the stadiums where you need to fill a lot of empty seats that suddenly started showing up. It'll, it'll all work itself out. It happens. You still got the best product on, period. You got the best product. All right. So, in other words, you're going to tell them a few tweaks and then everything is going to be okay for the future. It will. Football's not going anywhere. Courtesy of Ephraim. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at first first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.